Hey everybody, so um our wizard is suffering from colonic longswords to the chest, so uh session's cancelled. Uh welcome, welcome everyone. Uh it's me, your boy, Isaiah. Uh I'm here with Josh. Aloha. Sam. Hey. And Matt. Hello. And this is the Sessions Cancelled Podcast, a time where us, the utter chuckle shits that we are, come around and discuss things RPG-related, things not RPG-related, flavor, mechanics, everything in between. The new Doom movie at some point, I'm sure. Uh, it's fine. I thought you were but, about uh, to start saying we discuss the flavor of things because you said the word flavor, and I was like, where is he going with this? <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I was very confused. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Is. I'm okay with us becoming a food-tasting podcast. It's just a weird food-tasting gig. <laughs> Yes, this player's manual has a fruity bouquet, yes. I make mm. a mean omelet. I, I'm sure you do. Okay. I just imagined um, Isaiah, like, chewing his PBA, his PHB now for some reason. <laughs> just like... <laughs> that's how you absorb knowledge, isn't it? You just eat yeah. the book. Yeah, that's, okay. how, that's how you absorb it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like, already, uh, two minutes in, already a clusterfuck. Perfection. All right, okay, okay, but I do actually have a story that's related to this. So, okay. So, while okay. I was going to start... While I was going through tech school, okay, uh, and for those uh -huh. that don't know, that's that's just job training for the military. Um, I made a noise like a like a slurping noise, like uh, during class, just unconsciously, and my teacher <laughs> literally <No>. just <laughs> just looks at me. It's <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing? And I'm like, that's the sound of me absorbing knowledge, sir. No! You just not say that, dude. Bro. Oh, oh my god. god. Okay, wait, wait, alright. All right, so we're uh, we're about what we're we're not two and even a half two, minutes two in and a half now. minutes <laughs> two and a half minutes in already on a tangent perfect uh, fuck the the topic uh, I had ready for today but, episode two by the way what up yeah episode two <laughs> y'all let's get it oh, um, let it be so known that I create I, every tangent yeah I also I <laughs> the also have a story Lord. I also have a story somewhat related to this and this was when uh, uh, mash ma mash oh god mashu no. Uh, Matt, Josh, and I all went to the same art school uh, because hell yes. Good times. Uh, but we our our computers were notoriously uh, uh, finicky, uh, a little they were a little old, fickle. They were old desktop Macs, which I don't yeah, even think are, Apple makes anymore. Yeah, probably not. No. Uh, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, a, a particular classmate that we both had, uh, I don't think we had him in the same class together, but, and you know you are if you're listening to this. I'll never let, the, let you live this down, I promise you. Um, his computer just was, was having a good old time, and in the middle of, of the quiet of us getting all of our stuff ready for critique, he goes, please someone help me, my computer is ejaculating, and just everyone like heat seeker <laughs> missiles were just like what did you just say i haven't heard this before what the hell oh oh it was luna luna said it I, i'm using his screen name oh yeah 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 okay uh why 
what that particular choice of words i, yeah, I right? don't know and our teacher looked at him and was like okay yeah. and he's like I, just, I all right <laughs> i that is a choice of words I, that i never thought someone would use to describe a computer what was hap you know what i don't he just his, his computer was like on the fritz, I guess, and he was like, oh, "Yeah, my my computer's busting a nut." Like I don't know, uh, but what the fuck. So to try to try to bring things uh, back from this strange tangent yes, you've hit, Isaiah, four minutes and forty five seconds in. No, no, uh, no, no, no. The tangent started at the at the ten second mark, basically. That's I know, I know. All right, but fuck. you're so, welcome. Uh, all of us here, we are all dungeon masters, game masters, masters of ceremony, storytellers, whatever you want to call it. We all I, run a I, game. I appreciate the Powered by the Apocalypse throw in there. Good. You're welcome. Uh, so, as I'm saying, we all run a game, respectively. Uh, we are playing in each other's games for the most part. Uh, no one's here is playing in mine because fuck all of you. But hey, love hey, y'all. hey. I uh, was in the, the pre-sessions for yours, so I kind of was. You were. You were in the pre-sessions, so... If you ever the need topic a... for today, gents, is uh, what struggles do you run into as you are uh, prepping for weekly session? This is going to be a really short discussion because the answer is yes. I I understand. Or the answer is all. <laughs> yeah, I don't struggle. I'm just great. Dad. Oh, oh, really? Really? Yeah, really? okay, Matt. So okay. Now, all of those, all of uh -huh. those texts to us uh -huh. In the wee hours of the night, saying, uh -huh. "Please help me." The <gasps> players added again. He got you there, bitch. Uh, yeah, all right. No. Yeah. To be high, fair, high level D and D he, he is, is do a challenging time. He doesn't do that every session that he has, though. So, like, yeah, he doesn't true, do it every session because this session. game's over now. Well, yeah, now and it is. we re reached the precipice, the top of the mountain. Only those. Reach level 20, master this precipice. I said precipice. I need to find a new word for top of the mountain. Pinnacle. Yes. Pinnacle. 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 Yeah. yeah. All those. Or... Somebody say pickle. What? I like pickles. No. All right. All right. Shut up. So, Matt, seeing as how you, uh, you've got the experience with the longest game, and you're also at the top of our chat right now, so I'm just going to pick you to go first. Congratulations. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up. 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 Before you do that. Before you do that. I, I'm just curious. Did something occur recently that threw this to the forefront of your mind, or has something been bugging you? What what prompted this this particular choice? Because I think it's interesting that we went from, you know, something low stress to let's talk about the stress. So yeah, kind of, kind of. Um, so. At I, I'm gonna start by saying this now. My my session prep is fucking minimal. Like I I barely do it. I have like the most basic idea for what I want to do for a session or like the next few sessions ahead, and it could be as little as like a shower thought, and everything past that I'll just it's just improv. Um, and it's not to say that I'm very good at it, despite what my players will say rose-tinted goggles i fucking suck at this shit but um that is is my i guess i'm starting first that's my biggest problem is is actually sitting down and creating uh names and uh stat blocks and items and and 
descriptions for settings. To me, that that comes best when it's off the dome and when it's more freeform. And I, like enemies, I will always prepare. Like if it, if I know there's a fight coming, I'll always prepare for the fight and I'll always make sure that it's not just like a, okay, cool, you and the bad guys mash your heads together for three hours until one of you dies. I'll always incorporate some sort of like field effect or layer action or some sort of outstanding circumstance that changes the way the game feels for that combat to try to make it as unique as possible. Um, and in that sense, that's easy. That That's that's one of those like, oh, this would be a cool idea. And it'd be cool if like this kind of happened when something else happened. Um, a perfect example of this is in my most recent combat session. Uh, I should specify, by the way, I'm running a hack of 5e called uh, Hellscapes. It's a post-apocalyptic uh, toolkit is really what it is. Uh, so they have things it's like not guns. totally finished as far as games go. Yeah, it's it, it was a lot of like, here are some really neat ideas. Here's some complete revamps to the characters and the class system. Um, but there's a lot that I had to sort of piece together on my own. And um, I thought of this really interesting encounter because the game is very heavily influenced by Mad Max. So vehicles and uh, and jumping from one vehicle to another and hanging off the side, you know, one arm in a sawed off. That's sort of the feel that the game wants. And I, I set up for the first time a, a like massive vehicle-on-vehicle uh, vehicle fight. Like I've had skirmishes in the past of like uh, my players, they have this massive 18-wheeler uh, that uh, my friend Paladin calls uh, the Scrap Dragon because it's just a massive thing. It's like the war rig from Mad Max Fury Road on steroids. Um, they finally had another vehicle of comparable size attack them and they were sort of locked in place. And this this massive truck that they were fighting had like a, uh, a catapult thrower for like oil barrels that would explode. So I, I had that, I had uh, some motorcycles that would strafe them and could attack them from while they're on top of the, 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 the scrap dragon and while they're hanging off the sides of it and enemies would jump on and off and they would sort of circulate and it was just this this strange uh, musical chairs almost of of trying to dance on and off of these vehicles uh that is that's all pre-prepared like that's that's fine but like i when i prepared that combat i didn't plan on how they would get to the combat i just prepared the combat <laughs> you were like I, I have combat that's it Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I just done. to me, to me, <laughs> it feels more natural when it, it just comes from the head and not from a, like a, something like a, like a Google Doc. And I know that that's very pretentious and really not a a viable long term strategy for dungeon mastering. But it's like the only way that I can get any progress right, out of myself. Hold up, let me stop you right here, Chief. Because not to tell you you're wrong, but you're wrong. Because uh, that absolutely is a viable way of doing it. I don't think there's any issue with what you're describing. Um, so if, if if my understanding is correct, though, this basically came to your mind because your current game, you're like, how does I fix this problem that I'm having? Is that is that how you're feeling? Yeah, pretty much. It's 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 me realizing that at some point my um, disorganization will catch up to me, and it is sort of. Uh, and it has in the past, and it's gotten to the point where I'm like, 
panickedly throwing together an enemy stat block and I have four other stat blocks open and I'm like, okay, I'll take this ability, I'll take this ability, I'll take this ability, I'll take this ability. I mean, and I won't, that's I won't only finish a, this. Go on. Sorry, that's only a punishment on yourself. Just saying. <laughs> I, I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. It'll catch up with me. My players are... Yeah, they won't notice. According to themselves, none the wiser, although I don't really believe them. Um... Yeah, it just it, it's constantly a stress for me week to week, and no matter how much I'm like, I'm totally going to plan, I'm going to be as prepared as possible, this is going to be great, and then it just never ends up happening, and yeah, I just, I don't know what I'm doing, and self-deprecation aside, I, I, I must be doing something right, because um, about two weeks ago, one of my players, uh, she came to me in a text and was like, okay, I, I, I want to try to explore my character's backstory a little more. Would you be okay with doing this, like, dream sequence backstory lore dump? Uh, and she, like, gave me just the most basic details of that uh, the day before my session, by the way. So I'm already thinking about where not, they're going, what they're doing, everything between. She's like... Not giving you a lot of time there. No, not at all. And I, I could have been, I probably should have, in all honesty, been like, uh, we'll see, maybe. But I was like, yeah, 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 it's fine. No, don't, I got it. I got it. Well, I'll figure something out. And um, in my defense, and I do, I need to stress, in my defense, according to them, they were like, we were hanging off the edge of our seat the entire time you were explaining this, like, 45-minute uh, dream sequence that was just coming to me off the dome the whole time. Uh that, that's the and, secret, Isaiah. That's always how it goes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like, that that's my problem. Just pre preparation in general is my problem. That's what stresses me the hell out. What about uh, you guys? Uh, okay. I'm going to push this to Matt first. Okay, uh, I just want to say something real quick. Hold yeah. on. Sorry. <laughs> I know I've done this twice now. Um, just, just saying, Isaiah, uh... You do also have very minimal, like this is the first full game you've DM'd. You have very minimal experience with the DMing situation. You have not been doing it that long. So like, it's not even a question of, am I doing things right or wrong? Which is like not really that relevant in this case. It's more of a question of you just figuring out what your method is. Because yeah, everyone what, just has a different method, you know? Yeah, what system works for you when it comes to prepping right. for games and everything? Yeah. And like I like one of my one of my players who is DMing like I'm I joined as a guest for his Pathfinder game. He literally is like, yeah, uh, I'm like probably what eighty percent improv, twenty percent prep. I'm like, how, how does? Because like improv I have is definitely that's. Uh, I think he's probably uh, being a little uh, overshooty there, but you know, <laughs> maybe. But like improv is an important part of like dungeon mastering, but you don't have to like. You don't have to be great at it, but a little knowledge helps when it comes to improv and like, yeah, making stuff off dome or just because again, your players will, they'll grasp at a random thing that you did not prep no matter what happens. And you just got to kind of run with it sometimes. It, it happens. You can have set up this elaborate dungeon and your players will just randomly like they'll Kid, you know, they'll find be attacked by some goblins and they'll keep one of them as a pet. And now Gobble the Goblin is their best friend forever. And okay. they're the not classic example. Are you yeah, saying okay, this so from experience? This ha that happened to me. It literally <laughs> happened to me. Yeah. So, okay. So, uh, 
like session 11, something like super early on, they were uh, wait, in wait, my Wait, how setting, many sessions deep are you at this point? I, I'm a, so I started last, uh, I don't even know, to be completely honest with you, because I started- You don't write down your session numbers? No, Sir. I barely take notes Bless after session, heart. dude. I told Bless you, it's really heart. bad. Damn. Damn. Um, we started last May, March, last March, April, one of those two months. So it's been like a year and six months or so, maybe a year and eight months. Uh, okay. I mean, that's, that's still pretty good. That's pretty long. Like most campaigns like don't really last like over a year the long scheme things if you look at like some of the numbers from D&D Beyond and stuff that they, they kind of posted um, yeah yeah so session like I used to okay you know I used to keep track of session numbers and then like there's like a month span I just stopped and now I just don't remember anymore but uh, either way really early on <laughs> yeah in, in my in my setting there's like this it's like a it's like a massive industrial excavator thing like the one with the giant spinning grindy wheel on it uh, it's like two of those basically put together and there's like a small city on top of it and it was uh, it was sieged by bandits and they they like Metal Gear Solid style put put a, a knife to one of the, the bandits necks and was like where are your friends uh, and I I out of terror because I was like I I, 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 uh, I gave him I, I described him as a hyena kin uh, because in in hellscapes there there's this like they're not races they're like types of people so you can be like a bestial where you're like a, a a human animal hybrid a la like b stars or bna is probably the the more apt uh, one anyone's seen that show uh and then there are mutants which are basically like you're an x-man and then uh you're a tribal which is you're a normal person with a society that has a certain uh, amount of rules or practices that they're very good at. Uh, so I described him as a hyenakin bestial with like a neon pink mohawk and and some tattered up uh, like road leathers and a like real thick Brooklyn accent. Uh, and they immediately fell in love with him and they were like, okay, you bandit, you can go back to our guild of, of couriers and just tell them that we sent you and they probably won't shoot you at the door. And I was like, I, I could be a dick and just be like, yeah, that guy that we killed on his way here, I, I didn't want to do that. So, yeah, I, I have to be. I have this GMPC running around now, uh, that I like can't get rid of because my players keep inviting him on all their adventures. <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa, don't don't use the phrase GMPC. That has a lot of negative connotation. I, He's an NPC, buddy. <laughs> Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> a fair sidekick, enough. if you will. Uh, a sidekick. Yeah, honestly, yeah, sidekick's better because he he levels up with them, but he's like he levels like I think half a CR or something for every level they have. So they're level eight. And he's like CR four or something. He's got um, special abilities that are spell like, but they're not really spells. They're called gambits. It's it's a whole thing. It's a really cool system. I um, would recommend anyone check it out. Uh, but yeah, no, befriending the fucking rant. Oh my voice. Woo! the random gobbo is certainly a thing that's happening right now and it is pain it's not really i love that character but yeah sorry I, Matt. hey remember that time that you kidnapped a gnome 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, Matt is right in that that kind of shit can happen. And another thing also is rather than all, not just about improvising, but like, like I said, you have to find your method, your system, and you have to find your system in regards to game systems sometimes. Like there's certain game systems you just might not like running. And there's some that you do and some you don't. And sometimes you got to flounder a bit. Like, I'm not crazy about running 5e, I'm learning. Um, but there's other parts of 5e that I like. So I'm sort of being like, whatever. Uh, and I'm doing adjustments where I feel like I need to do adjustments to sort of hold my sanity, if you will. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's fair. I, I, I too have run into some roadblocks with 5e adjacent um, and there's times where it's it's like eh, it doesn't make too much sense. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll just that's what I mean. Like you'll find um, you'll find your like <clears throat> like the idea of I'll just change it. Like that might just be your method of like I don't use anything as is or something. Like you know, there's um I don't know. Matt, help me out here. There's like a, a, a gotta find the brushes for the painting. I don't know where I'm. I can't. Somebody get me out. Right muse? Like, I'm trying to figure yeah, out what you're trying to like put that. down. I don't know. Somebody save me. You, you got to find the right Photoshop brushes. I like, lost <laughs> his heart. I, can't, I can only think of hey, art analogies. It's, it's, it's you know. literally just finding your method. It is kind technique. of what it is. Yeah, yeah technique. Like, um, I don't really have one. I just take a lot of fucking notes. <laughs> That's a technique, like I, though, right? Like taking take, a metric shitload of notes is a technique. I, well, yeah, but they're usually just like nonsense half the time. Like, hey, they only uh, gotta make sense to you. Uh yeah, the arrest counter at the top of my uh, my notes for our campaign is definitely, I mean, <laughs> definitely. Hey, that might make sense up. for everybody. <laughs> at I, some point, I might be like Sam. How many times y'all been arrested? <laughs> uh you know, four times. <laughs> what yeah. are we gonna make it five? <laughs> no, we're shooting for five. We are. We, we, we've been shooting for five for about four months now. We haven't hit that magical hey, number, those but we're working on it. came at the same time. <laughs> same day. Yeah. But, yeah. uh... What, anyways. what game is this? This yeah. is my campaign. Right, um, right. Which, so... Uh, this is going to sound like I'm explaining OC Do Not Steal. Um, basically, I made my own setting from scratch. The entire setting is on a singular, very large island with only one city on it in the middle, in the middle, because the setting is post post apocalypse, sort of, kind of. Um, so there's only one city that is civilization anymore, as far as the people that live in the city like are concerned, uh, because the whole rest of the island is a hellscape and or just not a great time uh, because there was a war many hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, nobody's sure between all the gods, gods killed each other, bad things happened, a la, you know, so on and so forth. Um, so the my players, a lot of stuff happening is happening within the city itself. It's got a lot of urban shit going on. Um, and... <laughs> Because of a series of unfortunate events, I guess. So the campaign started with them getting arrested. Um, but then they also got arrested during play several times. Because, you know, 
doing things like do it fighting in the city and stuff like that, carrying around weapons and armor and so on and so forth. <laughs> so it's just a running joke that my players are really, really, really trying to get arrested. Uh, and basically they got let off the hook because um, they're kind of a suicide squad now. Basically, because there's a specific enemy they're fighting, which is a whole other thing I came up with. I did a lot of world designing before I started running this, so there's a lot of uh, a lot to explain, which I'm not going to go into, obviously. I mean, but, uh, yeah. The, yeah. The easiest way to say it is that we know a guy, and he gets us out every they time. They know a guy, and the guy turned them in basically like, hey, you're going to be my suicide squad to fight these awful hell, hell monsters. And they were like... Do we have a choice? And he was like, mm, not really, no. And they went, okay. I mean, they would come and attack us anyways, even if we said that no. That too. That too. <laughs> so, you know. Point is, my notes, not always uh, cohesive for what we're doing. Uh, I literally have uh, gold right, but... pizzeria at the top <laughs> of another right, set of notes. Right, but you writing a bunch but... of ridiculous notes for yes. uh, GMing, can be helpful. I, it it can know? be. I mean, I think I spend more time just writing out the actions that I expect you guys to do every time. And you know, I, I, I've gotten a pretty good handle on it that I can write everybody's actions except for Matt's because I, I yeah, Matt, you just, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 Can't I, <laughs> I, I literally so I look at Matt and I go you know what Matt's gonna do whatever Matt wants to do I will just I will wing every single thing that he wants uh, and then I do and it usually just lines up with what someone else was gonna do anyways so like I don't have to worry about it but like I, 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 I just I just predict what you guys are gonna do and then yeah. like go off from there I know, uh, I, I know I as a player am pretty easily predicted because uh, it's really easy to just throw a shiny in front of me and me be like, is that a shiny I see? Is that, is that for me? <laughs> uh, which, you know, pro, pros and cons. Well, I, I, it's because, it's because I started, you know, as we discussed in the previous episode, I started GMing, so I understand I'm, a, I'm in that GM mentality more than a player mentality, and I understand that frustration when you put a shiny in front of a player and then none of the players bite. So I, as a player, always bite. Always. Hey, Sam, you remember the pillar? I do what remember the pillar. What a mentality to have. I remember you. I You know, the worst part is, is I, I saw that pillar and said, Josh is going to put his arm in this. <laughs> Guess what, kids? I put my arm in the pillar. Yep. Uh, Storm King's Thunder, great for the first two sessions. And then, <laughs> hey, Matt, you want to tell us about your Storm King's Thunder yeah, sessions? Yeah, yeah. yeah, side note, there was oh. a black pudding in that pillar. So uh, it was a bad decision, but I Wait. did it. Oh, did you start Storm King's Thunder off like at level one? Or? Yes, sir. Uh, Forever ago. Fuck, Long yeah, we, ago. in the, the game I'm in, we start off with Lost Minds and Fendelver and then went to Storm, a, ve a very Matt, heavily homebrewed Storm King. That Thunder. makes way too much sense. Why would you ever do that? That's ridiculous. It, it helps <laughs> so fucking you know, much. It, I, it, you know, the yeah. worst part is, is that like the intro adventure for Storm King's Thunder almost kind of eyes into the actual campaign and then it just like drops the ball at the last second. And then second. it just doesn't. And you're just like, you were so close. You were so close. Because, um, like, they talk about a lot of the, 
the different things that like is going on around like this is all really weird and then like they don't have a giant show up at all and you're just like okay now i gotta have this wizard man in his 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 wizard flying wizard tower uh explain to me what's happening because he's a giant wizard like literally a giant wizard uh oh yeah and then yes, and then he drops me off at the city after we get attacked by i don't remember it, it was some kind of flying enemy it might have been griffins may not have been you were level three so that would have been pretty rough anyways uh you get attacked on the way there and then you, you, you get to a city and then you have the worst mass combat that i've ever seen because uh, it says, hey, give your players three NPCs and then have them fight all of these enemies. What the fuck? No. Yeah, it was it was bad. Not, um, not a good time. No, just don't don't it. Look, if you're ever going to run Storm King's Thunder, take my advice, cut that entire first section out and then just wing it from there. Clearly, everyone's same advice for that. It's like, just don't do the level one. Is it level three? Level one to three, the intro level stuff? One or to is three. it level one to five? Okay. Level one to three, but here's the thing, Matt. That that city mass combat part, that's not part of the one to three. That's part of the main campaign. Oh, I guess we didn't we didn't do that, because our first inkling with the giant... Oh, God. What was our first inkling with the giants? We were going after... Oh, um, it was the fire giants attacking tribal. That was yeah. our first like. Yeah, that's like the last we combat. heard. Yeah, like we heard stuff about giants attacking towns and stuff. We're like, oh okay. And we were doing. We were in the middle of a tournament arc. We won said tournament, and then the fire giants attacked, and we're like, oh yeah, fuck, Matt, oh, no. Matt's Matt's GM probably just fucking cut the mass combat shit out. Yeah, like, probably just ignored it. <laughs> which yeah, yeah. which my, is what the I'm GM saying. for my Stone King Thunder game. He's really good he's a really good dm <laughs> he knows his shit i think this is his first campaign too so excellent uh, um so real quick now <laughs> now that that tangent is over i don't think we ever actually got a no. full explanation from you matt right. on, yeah. on what what you find is difficult about prep after uh 30 uh, no, hold <laughs> hey, on. that was a quality wait. tangent right uh, yeah it was a good one <laughs> Gee. I fear for the next oh, time no, that I host. Great. Um, so it's weird because when I when I prep, I do, I, I like kind of like Sam. I do a lot of note taking. I do a lot of writing. Uh, the thing that's the time killer is setting up like the roll twenty maps and all that shit. The monster tokens. The biggest struggle for me I when like it comes, that shit. yeah, like it, it's tedious. Like you put something on the background, you're like, eh, it could work and whatever. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I find the map setting up and the tokens, and everything, kind of fun for some reason it's, it's fun but it's also slightly tedious and kind of brain numbing depending on like like let's say you're like oh my players are about to fight 30 cultists oh no let me fucking copy pasta like 30 cultist tokens and make sure they're all set up correctly and positioned and that could be kind of annoying the biggest thing for me is and it's something which is joking when i, I would text you guys is mostly when in the higher levels of play and it took me a while to really get this is in high tier play like having combat encounters that don't last fucking four hours that are challenging for players and are fun because you don't want to slog you don't want to like drag out fights but you also don't want the boss or the, not even a boss you just don't want the whatever the players are fighting to like get KO'd in one hit sometimes you do 
it's weird. Sometimes as a GM, it's okay to let your players Depends, feel yeah. fucking epic and yeah. one-shot the monster. Ooh, let me tell you, we had some time. Uh, we had a time doing the fight in my last session. I, uh, I, yeah. Uh, I, I, a lot yeah. happened. Look, you wanna? I don't even. <laughs> it's just fucking. Hey, basically, Josh, I. How, how many? How many of uh, how many of your players have you killed? In that campaign? Yes, in that campaign. I think I've killed all of you once at this point, right? So you far. haven't killed me, bitch. Oh yeah, that's right. I haven't killed you. So I've killed. You have killed Aunt Isaiah twice. once, Aunt twice, Brett twice. Yeah. Um. No. 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 What? No. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. Brett only died oh, yeah, once. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. 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 So me either way, once. the body count is four. Um. Now I know that sounds horrible, but there's some uh uh some plot stuff, so their characters aren't gone. Um. I'm not. I'm not like a horrible murder GM or anything, unless of course players want that, and we talked about it ahead of time. Then I would do it. But no, I don't. I'm not. Uh, just killing them willy-nilly. Um, but yes, the body count's decent. Yeah, we're at four right now, and we're 30 sessions in, which is not that crazy. I've heard worse. Um, but yes, the thing Matt was talking about, about combat taking forever, uh, we had a very long combat, and it ended kind of catastrophically, and I wasn't totally prepared. So... Uh, so yeah, basically two players died. I wasn't planning on that being the case. A whole lot went down for story reasons. I basically didn't want them to die at all. Um, but I kind of fucked up because, you know, CR, as many people bring up often, CR is uh, a suggestion at best. It um, correct. So, it's so yeah. annoying. I mean, yeah. So, you know, but as far as that, like... Yeah, having the long encounters and stuff and, like, not wanting the encounters to be, like, hellish. I definitely understand that issue, Matt. It can be fucking, I don't even know, a time, uh, to say the least. Um, yeah. But, fuck, what was I just about to... Shit. I don't know, but... Train of thought uh, went, went away, the, but... The, the yeah. reason uh, I tend to adjust encounters on the fly like in the middle of you guys fighting is because of that particular reason because uh if a player is just gonna one shot the boss i don't i don't particularly like that especially because you know put a lot of effort in this just just, just put his health up maybe like 20 points or so just just enough like right, he's, right. he's really he's not you know not dead from it or dying from it but he's still alive and like he, he'll get his one action or whatever when it um, comes to boss monsters usually their health like kind of like you were saying like it's almost a suggestion in a way because like there'll be times where your players will almost one shot or something and you're just like you know what I'm just gonna as a DM you're like I put a lot of work into this monster I'm just gonna pretend his health doesn't exist, and I'll figure out when he dies when the players <laughs> are a little beat up. Maybe, maybe, I, so it's funny you say that. Maybe I'm weird. I, I, huh, I don't ever do that ever. If I set, like, this is the monster's health, I stick to my shit. I never, ever adjust stats on the fly unless 
I realized that it was supposed to be one thing and it and it ended up being like I, I real if I realized I messed up then I'll do a stat adjust on the fly but other than that I just keep it as is and I don't know why I do that because there's really no benefit to me being like that I just do I I can't justify it so like now what I I do do sometimes is adjust a month like a, uh, an encounter I might adjust right before the players get to it so like in my campaign on Sunday that's Isaiah and Samarin um there was a boss enemy that they were like working their way through the dungeon to get to and I must have adjusted his health four or five times before they eventually reached him and like adjusted a couple of stats because they're like maybe too strong maybe too weak maybe too strong and so like I'll do that but once they start once the fight starts I'm like all right we're locked in I I don't know why <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, it's not, it's not a bad thing, I don't think, sticking to your guns. I uh, will neither confirm or deny that I have done this since uh, our our editor is one of my players. I mean, it's okay, you so, can admit to it. Yeah. A lot of um, people do it. Look, and here's the no. thing, though, Sam is right, or, or no, Matt said it. Matt's right, where he's like, you know what, sometimes you just look at the monster and go, I'm just going to decide when he dies. Sometimes that's the move. Right. Because, like, players are never going to see, like, unless you accidentally have the monster's health. Like, if you're playing on, like, a, you know, virtual tabletop, some websites, you can actually see the monster's health on there. Well, but you unless don't show you, that to players. Yeah, well, not, then you're normally never. not supposed to, but some websites and some virtual you tabletops can. do. Well, no, it's right. an option. Right, it's you an option. You have to. But I'm saying, as a DM, normally don't show what the monster's health are. Like, I roll out in the open when it comes to, like, rolling for, like, you know, a monster if oh, it hits or fails or whatever. Nope. Nope. But uh, roll behind screen on everything. But um, when it comes to health, like it doesn't matter to the players. It, it, like you're like you know what? Sometimes it's I want this guy. I want this to last three rounds. You know, I want this combat to last three rounds. Or man, th this is this guy's a lot weaker than I thought. Or maybe oh no, this monster is too powerful for my players. Maybe I'll just you know, it, it, it's all adjusting on the fly when it comes to combat is kind of I mean kind of important. <laughs> The, the, the only thing that's really important in regards to that is uh, something that, uh, wait, which one? Maybe it was Dale Kingsman. Maybe? Another YouTuber. She, I think it was her. She talks a lot about D&D stuff. She also talks a lot about mythology if you're interested. Monarch Factory. Cool channel. Um, she was like, it doesn't really matter. And maybe Matt Colville says this too. She's like, it doesn't really matter if it makes sense it just has to feel like it makes sense it just has to feel reasonable so she, the example she gave she was like everyone does the whole thing where oh if you t if you take the road it'll take longer because you have to go around but going through the forest is faster and she's like in reality that's basically never the case like ever the whole point of roads is that roads are faster than going through the woods but it feels right to say that so we all use it and combat's a similar thing where if the monster is supposed to feel like he'll last a long time in the fight, then he should. And if he doesn't feel like he should, then he won't. So if your boss is an ancient dwarven, like, god who's, like, touted as being super tough, then he shouldn't go down in two rounds. Whereas if you have a bunch of undead skeletons, most people assume they're going to go down in a hit or two. It's like that. So it doesn't the health value isn't really important so much as it's just that that sensation of like this is how this is supposed to work 
you know? Like, if you hit a giant twice and then they die, everyone would be like, what the fuck? But that's because it doesn't feel right for a giant to go down quick. It's that whole... There's a word I'm tr- I'm fishing for in my head here, and I can't... It's a... It's a... I, I, verisimilitude, I think, is the word I'm going for. I think. Um, yeah. Uh... I personally do not know the word of which you speak, but I, I, yes, I, think I understand that's the concept. The word, like verisimilitude, um, being the idea of like, I'm, I'm going to look it up in a second. But the verisimilitude being the idea, if I'm remembering correctly, that um, it doesn't necessarily actually have to make sense, but it gives the, it gives a feeling of truth, whether it is true or not, kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's logical suspension of disbelief. Um. So, just a little point I wanted to bring up just about five or so minutes ago, we were talking about rolling behind the screen. I actually roll behind the screen, but when it comes to things like um, enemy attacks or or damage or special abilities, I will often um, like I'll always say what the rolled number is, like what the total is. So I'll say like I'll you know twenty five to hit, thirty to hit, fifteen to hit, ten to hit, and such. Why did I use such extremes? I don't know. Um, but if it's like, I want you to make a wisdom save because this character is trying to do X, Y, and Z, if trying to like hypnotize you, dominate you, paralyze you, stuff like that. I'll just explain that to the players. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, I, um, yeah you should, you should explain. For me personally, roles, I, I find that it makes sense. Um, so I've been in games. Also, I so I've actually played in games. This is going even farther back when it comes to health bars, where... Um, I think the second game I played in the GM uh, LP, uh, he didn't show us what the number for the boss's health was, but we did get a health bar that would like diminish. So it that was that's a that was enjoyable to see that like yeah. we were doing something. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I actually really like that. It, it made it feel like you were actually getting somewhere, and if you weren't getting somewhere, you're like maybe we should run away. Um, yeah, those are just the two things I wanted to bring up. But uh, in response to what you're saying, yeah, like I, I've, I've experienced that in my own game where it's, um, <laughs> I, so quick just thing before I start this little tangent, um, I've learned very readily that dungeons in a a modern post-apocalypse setting doesn't work. They're just really not meant for it, and they don't jive well. And every time I've done it, I've wanted to bite my own thumbs off. So. Uh, uh, if, if any of you listeners out there can figure it out in a post-apocalypse setting, feel free to DM me, hit me up, and tell me how what the hell I'm doing wrong because apparently I'm doing something. Because I mean, I've, sa- I've said me. this to you before, like in casual conversation, Isaiah. But like, I, I it's just not the right genre. It just nobody, <laughs> you know. I, no, like, I agree. I agree, and I keep trying uh, to force it. Uh, I keep being like, maybe I mean, it'll work if I try it this way, and I just always yeah. feel super ham-fisted. I mean, you can to awful, a degree, like but, the, um, you know, like Fallout's probably the best example I can think of. I was about I to say Fallout. Don't Fallout. like Fallout, so you know. Um, but yeah, like nobody watches Mad Max and expects him to go into a dungeon, you know. So like. It's not really your fault that you're struggling with the idea. You're having a problem. You're you're having a problem that some games have where the uh what's the word I'm looking for? The sales pitch of the game is one thing and the mechanics of the game convey a completely different thing or just don't line up with the sales pitch as it were. 
So like the idea, you know, the sales pitch of Hellscapes is the whole post-apocalypse scrounging for stuff. But because it mechanically it's based on 5e, there's kind of some of that like going into a dungeon concept baked in there. And so like, yeah, you're having a little bit of the mishmash. It's not your fault, really. Um, also, side note, verisimilitude, the exact definition is the appearance of being true or real. So, yeah, I was on the right track there. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a it's a weird it, it's you're, you're kind of forcing a uh, what is it? A square peg into a round hole kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm I'm aware, and it's 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 frustrating. But the uh, the point that I wanted to get at was um, uh, in those dungeons, I've often had real life buildings like hospitals or or warehouses or factories uh, that realistically, if you were to make ever no look sense. at a blueprint for a factory, uh, I've done that several times. They don't make any sense, um, and I get away with it most of the time, except for one situation where they're a player of mine. She's actually a, a nurse at a hospital, so she was like, "That doesn't make any sense. That wouldn't be there. nice. These these departments would not be close to each other." And I was like, "I mean, I, know, I mean, here, here, let me. Here's the funny. Here's the funny thing about that, Isaiah. That's also true of dungeons. It's just no one in modern times is familiar with dungeon layouts like they are with actual factory buildings." So you don't realize it. But if you look and you really, really, really think about dungeons and like castle layouts and like classic DFD adventures, that shit doesn't make any fucking sense. Like there's all sorts of like, why is there yeah, a hallway no. that leads to literally nothing? Like there's just a room of nothing. Like there's all sorts of weird shit like that. So, you know, it's just you're dealing with a situation where the buildings can be recognized. So it's, uh, it's harder. <laughs> Which is kind yeah, of funny. pretty much. Um, I I feel like you, by the way, Josh, have sort of explained your difficulties. Um, so I I feel like I want to get um, <laughs> a little bit more from from Sam and his opinions on what what really. Yeah, I mean, I have other years, bud. When it comes there's to other for sesh. stuff, I want to bring up. That's I don't know, advice and complaining all in one. Um, but yeah, Sam, you could go ahead. Uh, well, actually, wait. But hold on, wait, I don't feel like Matt finished because so Matt, what do you do as your main prepping method? Uh, I just write, I just outline. That's the biggest thing. Outline, outline everything. It's so fucking helpful. Get ideas, bullet points, doesn't matter. Outline. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, you say that and it, like it makes sense, but my my brain recoiled <laughs> at that. Really? <laughs> like, you don't even have to do writing. Like you don't, it doesn't even, you don't have to take like, like I, I love writing. So like I could sit all day and do it, but Same. you know, 10, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, if you can just outline stuff, think about like, where's the adventure going? What do I have planned down the line? Ah, uh, I haven't thought the players haven't fought a Gorgon yet. Maybe I'll throw that in there somewhere. And just like, just put like bullet points outline. Doesn't have to be anything super concrete. Wait, the and bowl or the snake? Yes. And it definitely helps. Like it, it helps me outline and then you can always go back and then actually like structure your thoughts in the outline. Yeah, I, I, it sounds like a great idea in, in theory. I, I'm not even 
going to attempt to defend my stance on this because it sounds like great. I just don't. It seems like such an alien concept. Like, hey, write things down. <laughs> write things what if down? Like, they don't go the way that's, you want? That is, that's going to happen. That's like, fine. It's fine. Just let it happen. Uh, yeah, no, that kills me. That makes me want to die. Like, okay. So quick trick backstory. I was, uh, I, I think I've only recently in the last uh, four months of playing any TTRPG that I've actually started taking notes for um for my for the first campaign I've ever I was ever in the one I explained in episode one I never took notes for that campaign literally ever and there were so many instances I'm sorry if you heard dogs barking I can't shut them up right now um there were instances where I would remember things because that was just that's how I that's how I've grown up just remember everything just don't write it you don't have to write it down if you don't forget it forehead um so uh yeah, like I, I would bring things up and the GM would be like, what the hell are you talking about? And I'm like, yeah, the blacksmith lady we met in session two, and this is like two and a half years later. I'm like, yeah, what, what how's this character doing? And they're like, how do you, re what? I'm like, I, I don't know what you mean, man. Sorry. <laughs> um, That's just how it'd be for me. And I've actually, I have forgotten a few things in my campaign. And thankfully one of my players, she takes notes on all oh, those are the everything. best player they'll be like what was that those, those are the that, best that's, players that's that sam um, that's sam in my game i'm like hey sam what uh what was the thing with the thing over here again and sam's like hold on i gotta scroll through my 86 I, pages of notes I, okay hold on let me go let me go get my notes real quick i gotta tell yeah. you how many exactly <laughs> how many pages had, but he always has have. the answer for me it just takes a few minutes to find it <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> I was, you wanted to you wanted to I was get say, one last, one thing last thing piece of advice though like help for prepping steal steal from everything oh, hell yeah brother steal from adventure books steal from homebrew stuff you found online steal from reddit steal from novels movies anything you can if you if you have a cool if you read something or see something that's cool and you're like i could do that in DD or tabletop or whatever do it like uh if anyone has ever played the video game dragon lair I have been trying for the longest time to work out there's a certain hallway that the guy goes through and I keep trying to make it work for D&D for where it's a rainbow hallway and a bunch of these giant metal balls roll down on specific colors and you have to dodge the, the giant metal ball or get crushed in the Dragon Lair game. I want to put that in a dungeon in a game I run in the future and I can't for life me figure it out. But that, yeah, just steal. It, it's so helpful. It's so helpful. I hate, like, I don't like saying it, but it's also probably one of the best advice I can ever give for, like, DMs. Just just steal. Uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Unless, unless you're, like, critical role and gonna be, like, I, showing it on Twitch and millions of people, someone's gonna be like, hey, he stole that from Star Wars. Who cares? Just do yeah, it. Yeah, uh, as at... Well, the, the, so, a small aside I want to add to Matt's point. Yes, steal as much as you want, but make it just, uh... Oh, thank no, you. no, 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 no. Here's the, thing. Here's the thing, though. Now, I don't know if he actually said this. This is quoted to Pablo Picasso. I don't know how true it is, whether it's him or not. Point being, the quote still holds up. Good artists borrow. Great artists steal. Uh, and that is, like, that applies to both actual art, and it's something I do use in actual art. But, like, yeah, it's great for DMing. And, yes, you want to adjust things a little bit, but not because you need to be... Here's the thing, Isaiah. You can have Darth Vader at your table. It's okay. Disney can't sue you for putting Darth Vader in your D&D game. The only reason you want to make it slightly legally distinct is just so your players don't immediately know what it is and go, wait a minute. 
right a, like sorry i should have specified yeah, that yeah, like well, you really can warp right. things and change them into your own really idea right. if you want but, but like, steal the yeah. fuck out of them yeah steal stuff if you think like like let's say yeah. like there's a like there was a dungeon in an uh, i think tomb of annihilation like module that i like i liked but i just switched out the enemies because i was like fuck it who cares it's like oh normally uh I think salamanders lived in there or something. And I'm like, nah, B, I'm gonna throw Yuan T in there instead. And it was fine. It was great. Uh so for me, it, it was not really a a worry about getting uh sued. It was more of like a don't end up on the bad part of TG <laughs> and get uh, roasted by a player. That was that was my that's that is always TG? my biggest uh, neck fear. Neckbeardia stories, um, here we come, boys. Uh, yeah, uh, well, it, it's it's a board on 4chan. I'm not I'm not a 4chan goer, but unfortunately, a lot of the YouTube channels that I watch have some 4chan in them, uh, for good or for bad. I don't really know, but uh, it it stands for uh, I believe it's tabletop games. It's a board on 4chan. Um, you don't want to end up on a, how about this? You don't want to end up on r slash d and d horror stories. Uh, my GM just took a bunch of shit from anime. I don't know. It sounds really <laughs> to me. Depends um, on how you do it. I honestly yeah I was gonna say it depends on how you do it but um either Josh or Sam because I'm going to desperately try to keep us on topic and fail at every turn yes yeah do you, do either of you have something to add or, or, Sam, or to bring yeah, up a point Sam got right, Sam you have to really pull it I'll fucking think of something halfway through anyway um I mean we're still we're still talking about difficulties um I, my only real difficulty when it comes to prep is staying motivated to run my campaign. Uh, there oh, are fuck days, yeah, mate. Ooh, I feel that one. There, there <laughs> are days where I'm just like, bro, I don't want to do session this week. Sam, why do you have to call me out so hard? <laughs> I, uh, look, man, you know, Jesus. Uh, I think he called think, all think, of us yeah. out. The, that's that, that one right there is just, that's it. Like, when I'm in the session, I love it every second of it. But then, like after session, you have that winding down, and then you know when you have a two month break because of scheduling conflicts, you're like, do I even want to run this game anymore? Yeah, we haven't yeah. done it in forever. Right. I'm not feeling it anymore. I mean, that wasn't just you, Matt, but like, you know, I it, know I still feel bad though. Yeah, it's whatever. I mean, here's uh, the thing: even regardless if you if you if you are running consistently sometimes just the hour before a session i'm like oh fuck i don't want to think bro this is oh no i'm not about this life you know <laughs> like yeah i'd be lying if i said i haven't had that thought before most weeks it's like i don't want to do D D today but the second i'm in it i'm like hell yeah i mean like, I like the opposite <laughs> uh so i <laughs> what <laughs> Wait, wait, so you're like all week you're like, hell yeah, D D, you get a decision of these players. <laughs> oh wait, sorry, no, not like that. <laughs> I, well, you do have to deal with a <gasps> player. He's yeah. Uh yes, I, the good I, old I, I hyped him up a bit too much, but yeah. Uh, nah, he's goes down in legend. Legendary. <laughs> nah, yeah, I was gonna say that it's too good. And like you've given us some like snippets of, of the way that, that player acted, and I think it 
I feel like it was pretty on point to 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 what we were feeling uh, the yeah. situation was like. But anyways, anywho's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I I just you know so there are days where I'm just like yeah I don't really feel like doing it. I mean, so one of the big reasons that I liked having our sessions on Saturday morning is one, I'm not coming back from work. And however long I worked that day, it's I wake up, I got an hour to two hours to do whatever I need, and we got session. Don't gotta worry about like you know. Yeah, that's because you just I'm wake doing. up early, though. <laughs> I listen. Just because I've been working an actual job for the past six years of my life, where I've had to wake up at like six thirty in the morning, doesn't mean anything. All right. I just don't you like know, waking um, up. Yeah, nobody likes yeah. waking up, but like I just wake up at five thirty every single night for no reason. Don't ask me why. It's just the time I wake up. My buddy Anthony is like that. Anytime we like party hard on imagine. the weekends, he's the first one up. The crack of dawn. We're like, Anthony, what are you doing? It's noon. You've been up all this time. Yeah, bro. I wake up at like ten thirty. I don't have to. I, like how? I literally wake Animals. up at five thirty. Yo, I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not even gonna lie. That reminded me of um, uh, the last party that Josh had at his house. I I woke up from a bender. I Isaiah went real out. hard in the paint the day before. <laughs> he was so out. I went hard in the motherfucking paint, Holmes. And I woke up the next day and I was really hungry and I walked into his room and I was like, hey, give me food. And he was like, bro, make it yourself. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> yep, Guess I'll die. And I went back into the couch and I laid down for 10 minutes and went, Oh, now I feel bad and I'm bored. And this is at like maybe seven in the morning on a Saturday. And I was like, I'm just going to read a book. And I, I brought the book that I had brought to the party or my bag. And one by one, all of our friends came out of the room and they, they said that I was, and I quote, picturesque as I laid there in the Saturday mid-morning sun. reading calmly reading a book snuggled into pillows and i was like bro i was so bored thank <laughs> god y'all woke up <laughs> it's a good book but I like, like fuck. I, I i okay all right like i literally do that every single day like that i that i don't have to go to work which really only the weekends thank you friday seven to five job anyways uh you know it, i it doesn't matter what like when I want to sleep, how long I've slept, I will wake up at 5.30 every single night. What a life. I couldn't I, imagine. I, you know, it's terrible. This is a weird tangent, I, by the way. It's terrible. Look, we're <laughs> going on this tangent because of D&D, all right? Uh, I, I, it's terrible when I've literally just fallen asleep at like 2 a.m. for whatever reason. And then I wake up at 5.30 and go, okay. I'm I'm up right now. I could stay up. I got three hours of sleep under my belt, but I need to go back to sleep. Sometimes my cat wakes me up at five thirty. I think that's really why that started happening. But like, it's terrible. Animals will do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have to make sure that he's good before I go to sleep. Otherwise, I see. I'm I'm lucky because my dog's a fucking lazy teenager basically and sleeps as late as I do pretty much he'll wake up to like go out go out with my mother like to go to the bathroom and then just goes right back to sleep. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, bro, he's, I he's wish. a lazy boy in the morning. Anyways, uh, yeah, no, that's I, I miss, uh, I miss like waking up early, early, early quote unquote, early for you guys. Uh, waking up, 
having a few hours to myself, making myself some tea, maybe some toast, and then just doing session. Is you know, it's just how my morning routine. I would wake. I would wake up when we were doing sessions on Saturday mornings. My ass. I would wake up and have to fucking crawl myself to my computer and just look at y'all motherfuckers and be like, "Ooh, I want to kill them all right now." And then about an hour <laughs> in, I'd be good. But it would take like an hour. But ooh. Yo, I I loved having session on Saturday. The one problem, and y'all know this, was so. Uh, uh, every Saturday, my family does like this, like group house cleaning thing, where like we'll like I sweep the floors, my brothers will like clean the tables, my mother will uh, the mopping and and some other things, and we all sort of take turns. Like I got to clean the bathroom now, um, and it it was so fucking frustrating for it to be like in two hours into session we're getting to a really critical roleplay moment and I'm getting slams on my door to be like hey you gotta help clean the house I'm like you mother <laughs> you can't just you can't just leave me alone for like two seconds You're shitting me right now uh, that was my only beef at Saturday session yeah I don't, I don't know why they wanted to do that so I literally, I couldn't tell you. Honestly, I, I, I am a little bummed that we've switched to Friday nights because I liked having Friday yeah, nights same. to just like relax. Um, but I feel like if if I'm like not nah, chitch, I don't want to do Friday night, then we're just never gonna have this session again. And I think I can live with that even less. Uh, so sometimes you gotta take those fuck, L's. I guess for, for tabletop life. Yeah. This is why we're here. This is why we have gathered the council. Yeah, I gotta. I have to take those L's to play a joke. You know, yeah. that he's a god. Yes, who now believes that he is an actual deity. I, I'm sensing a theme, by the way. This is the second time you've had a monk who thought they were a deity. <laughs> Just saying. I, um... The difference is, is that this time it wasn't on I purpose. Know. It's still funny, though. Um, but... I don't... Where the hell were we before this? I know Sam was saying something about, oh, saying he didn't want, the struggle is just the motivation to get the session rolling. Pretty much. Right, yes. Because like, I, and like timing is, is a very specific thing that goes into that as well. Because like I said, I really don't like having session uh, two hours after work, basically. I get home at, well, I, I can be for Fridays, but like, you know, I got home basically at five and then we have session at seven for me. And I'm just like, and I got two hours to, you know, change into whatever I need to shower, eat, prep. If I haven't or review my prep and then like we're in. So I got no time and then we play for four hours and I'm like, all right, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. So it feels like Friday yeah. is just it's just non-stop like again no time yeah. to myself except for my yeah, that. which is which is i don't usually my Thursdays. I like yeah like i kind of that's why i really like having it on saturday mornings this is why do that anymore but. we need a petition we need a petition to start tabletop day we just add another day to the week and for only that purpose sorry you're just reminding me of the time that the french tried to make a metric calendar where they yeah yeah based on tens week. Yeah. Yep, everything was yep. based on tens. Oh yeah. god! What? After the French Revolution, they tried to make a calendar that was entirely divisible by ten. So it was like ten days to a month, ten months to a year, or whatever. 
It was a whole thing. They tried that again recently. I say recently. recently. I think it was like within the past two decades. The French be wild, in fam. But I yeah, mean, the no. Forgotten Realms, I think their thing is actually bad. Like, it's like there's 10 days in a Forgotten Realms week. Yeah, because I'm sure everybody definitely uses that in their D&D games. Hell nah, fam. <laughs> uh, that's my favorite thing when you sit there and go, do I try and come up with a calendar? For- nah, fuck that shit. Never mind. It's Tuesday, y'all. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I just took the names of the days and I like swapped a letter around for our, our Friday campaign. Ah, uh, yes. The Matt Change special. Change the first letter? Just changed the first letter. <laughs> Hell yeah. And every uh, yes. to or just Aragon? Every- I think you mean Baragon. <laughs> No, uh, so go go on go on, Matt. Tell him what your vampire the masquerade character's oh, name uh, is. Marav von Marovich. <laughs> are are you serious? Yes. Matt, I can't. Oh my god, Matt, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm actually gonna have you arrested for crimes against humanity. <laughs> Original character, do not steal. Chris Perkins, eat your heart out. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, oh just know that God. you have a special, Why are you special like place in this? my heart. Oh yeah, Thanks, <laughs> it's okay oh. though, Matt, because you change the first letter. I just remove it. Yes, That's true. He say. does just. Re- it's very true. No, no, no. Sam needs to be fucking say- arrested because he makes my fucking blood boil. Don't say it. Don't you fucking say Pizza. those words to me. I am gonna the open an itzeria. Oh my goodness. Ah, yeah, the itza and the asta. I hate you. <laughs> we serve the itza and the asta and the amboli. <laughs> he is besmirching my Italian heritage. Or no, I guess it would be the, the tromboli. Oh my god, the tromboli. Bruh. No, <laughs> no, no, I'm writing that one down. You cut that out right now. giving him fuel. I serve some tromboli. Yo, someone get your mans before I beat the fuck out of him. (laughs) Fucking shit. Oh no! Why are we here just to suffer? I I hate this. Absolutely. (laughs) And I am apparently. We got. We also got to start in Afia, you know, because it's a mafia, but without the M. Right. 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 Yeah. I oh oh. All right. Go ahead, Isaiah. Isaiah, you gotta bring us back. Isaiah, bring us back. Okay. All right. Josh, you had other shit that you wanted to complain slash give advice about. What the fuck is it? Go. (laughs) Um, Quick question out of curiosity, just because we were on the topic before. Um, Sam, how do you feel about the, like, how do you feel about the token and map prepping life? Are you you into that or not into that? Uh, It depends. Um, I actually really like sitting down and creating maps. Right? It's it's the thing I enjoy. And then I stare at the map and I go, do I like this? And then I remake it like five or six times. Okay, wait, do you have the same problem where you feel like you have to make the map make sense and then you stress yourself out trying to do research on if this thing you're doing would make sense with this room and this hallway and all this shit? Does anyone else do that or am I just a sociopath? Uh, I I am within reason, hence right, the yeah, hospital same. situation, but... Hey, Editor Brett here. I just wanted to say that Sam's audio was not picking up on his end, so we decided to use the master track that he recorded separately. So yes, his audio is going to sound a bit weird, but this was the only alternative for everyone to hear him. Sorry about it. Since 
uh, if I make a, a wooded area map, I just kind of do whatever I want with the path. And like, it, for me, my, my, I don't want to say head cannon, but my head cannon is, is that that's just the players finding the most optimal path through the woods. I mean, yeah, trying that kind of makes sense, honestly, to make it like, you know, oh you know you you find this oddly unwooded path through the forest Woo! <laughs> like that's that's not how i think about it conveniently clear yeah like convenient like a clearing sure but like or like an area with maybe a pond or something but like that's that's because that's an actual clearing most of the time like you're not gonna find unless you're in like a swamp or something you're not gonna find trees literally inside the pond um that's what you. I. That's... All right, bud. You want to go? <laughs> Maybe. No, I'll 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 fly four hours so that we can have this conversation in person. <laughs> IRL. IRL. Meet me in the streets. Yeah. Hey, remember that time that you said that you could steal, uh, and then you were like, "Yeah, I'll just commit white collar crime because I'm white." And you're like, Josh, you need a job to commit white collar. <laughs> All right, look, let's not, look, let's not get on this again. All right, listen, Chief. All right. Other, other, yes, please, let's not do this here on podcast. (laughs) Sessions canceled podcast gets canceled. It's canceled for white collar crime. (laughs) Fuck. So, Um, uh, one thing that I I feel like I need to bring up, and this uh is going to be the biggest plot twist of the century based on what I said at the beginning of this, this, this talk that we're having. But one thing that I do actually really enjoy is world building. Um, yes, this I do. Uh, All like, DMs I really li- like, and, like it. this. This I don't mind writing down. Um, like before, I said this in session one. The I think, but the big thing I said before I started running my game was um, when I had originally pitched this this idea to my players. I was like, okay, I'm gonna need like a year to to come up with some proper rule changes for the thing that I want to do, world building for the setting, character ideas, uh, uh, plot hooks, um, what else? Uh, like quest lines that they might be able to, to go on if they choose. Because the the, uh, the basis of my game is that it's a sandbox. It's almost completely a sandbox. But uh, there are missions that the players can take that will uh, essentially activate quotations here uh, in quotation here sorry my, my mic just cut out for a second but um it'll activate these plot lines and once they start they don't stop right they can ignore them but the things are gonna still happen and they're they're still dealing with like the first major plot line uh, and they hit that plot line about seven months in I think and it's been like about a year and they're still dealing with it Um and I, it's going to be ending in like a month and a half, thank God, because I'm kind of tired of dealing with it. Um, but the like campaign that, or the, that, the plot? That that like storyline. It's just that it's oh. like nonstop. Um, and I like as much as I like being able to be like, oh, look at this cool story that I, I think you guys will enjoy. Um, you know, it's it's the, the point of my setting was to be very Borderlands and it's been for the most part pretty serious for the better part of a year and it's not really like the the vibe that i wanted um i kind of want things to return to return to a sort of status quo so we can try to either hit the next plot point storyline or just goon around for a little while 
it, it um, sounds like you hit a similar issue that many a DM run into and uh, I ran into with our current DD campaign of like lots of world prep and then you look and go I didn't make any kind of narrative or adventure for the players to go through oh no and then things get uh, off base from where you wanted because didn't have that aspect set in stone common um, issue that a lot of people run into sort of sort of so basically um my setting has uh, uh three major uh points of civilization and each one has like two or three major uh plot lines or quest lines if you want to call them um, that they could get into and those are, are basically like and then what if this happened and that's about it um, that's all it like like the one they're doing right now is what if there was a bandit uprising um, that was like that there that was in a notebook somewhere I don't know where it is but it was literally one sentence like what if bandit uprising um, and I've just been slowly building it out from that since they they hit that plot point but um yeah, every every location has like at least one thing that the players can do when they get there if they like find it or they do the right things or they talk to the right people. Um, and mine literally was that there was there wasn't supposed to be uh, a, an overarching narrative. Like in the earliest days of the game, there was there was like a weird mystical end of the world thing that I was like thinking would be really cool, but then like I realized it 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 wasn't the vibe I was going for or it was originally but it's it's since been changed to a new vibe um so yeah I just decided it was best to change it um but yeah for, for me there there really was no point because it's the apocalypse I, right there there usually isn't an overarching story well, it's no, 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 no. I didn't mean I didn't mean an old like a like an overarching grand narrative I just meant a lot like in general just prepping adventures and stuff for players to do like a lot of dms will be like i have this giant world and then nothing for the players to do and then they're like oh fuck i didn't figure that part out and then they start the campaign and realize like oh shit where do i go from here oh no and then they made a lot of cool stuff that nobody cares about and nobody sees because they didn't connect any sort of adventure hook or something to it yeah no i do i i think one thing that i do sort of pride myself on is um dropping these little details in just casual conversation with npcs um that can become something like the one that that happened most recently uh is there's like a a like weapons dealer that they are that they know of and uh, her whole thing is she's like a party animal. She she's kind of like Moxie from Borderlands, and uh, uh, I'm trying to think who what's another good character. It, I think Moxie's probably just the best situation um, with a little bit of Handsome Jack mixed in. Um, and she, there's like this whole like uh, her being shunned from her the place that she grew up in and forced to come to the wasteland proper and. Uh, uh, someone that she was in a relationship is now missing and like that was just brought up casually in conversation like oh you know like that other lady's gone and we don't know where, where she is uh, and the player's like oh that's that's crazy that sucks but that that can become another like a whole nother quest line right but like just straight up but what that kind of stuff only 
players only will ever care about anything, anything at all, if it is tied to an adventure of some kind and or something to do in general. So like, even if you are dropping hits, it's important to keep, it's important to keep in mind that like, it probably won't care unless you tie it back to them somehow. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I that I've, I've dealt with where a few times where I've like dropped some stuff and they've been like, ooh, look yeah. at that bird. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's one of those things that will come up every so often and just be like, oh, like there's this situation is playing out in a series of events and like, how is it going? Nobody knows. Um, so if they decide to go for it, it's going to be there. And that, that opens up another quest line that's very, 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 very loosely related to the one that they're about to finish. So there's some there's some chronology going on there. Um, I, I think about those things very casually isn't the right word very passively yeah they just they I, I i know i do a similar thing where like ideas just pop in your head at random you're fucking like making lunch and you're like hmm, what if they fought a jabberwocky uh, just like and then you're like how do i make this work? hold on i i definitely I just, I, do the same <laughs> okay wait so, quick side tangent i i said this I, I said something along the lines of this um if those of you who don't know uh one of the newer D books has like the jabberwocky from from alice in wonderland and in the vorpal snord it's called snord the vorpal snord the vorpal sword it's called snickersnack um and i was laughing because it's like uh, the jabberwocky will return every, once every like w- like one uh it's like 1d6 or 3d6 years or something like that like 18 years maximum and like what if you're like what if you're like a 20th level elf how many times have you killed that jabberwocky with the snickersnack how many times you're like i'm sick of teaching you this lesson old man <laughs> just fuck off bro why do you yeah keep it just comes back like i'm here for revenge he man and you're like no fuck off <laughs> at some point you think he gets sick of his head getting cut I, I would agree, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love that. I love It's like, oh, yeah, you can't really kill him. It's like, all right, but how long till he just stops bugging me? <laughs> he just stops becoming a problem. This, that, honestly, when you told me about that with the Jabberwocky, I was like, did Sam design this monster? That sounds like some shit Sam would do. Excuse me? <laughs> Tell me that's not something you would do, Sam. <laughs> Yeah. I, oh, thank I you, mean, thank you, Matt. I mean, a hundred percent for it. My, my, I mean, like, I there are definitely things that I would do. I will never forget the day that uh, I said, and then they exploded to snakes, and everyone was like, <laughs> "Okay, that's 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 a good joke, Sam." And then I went, "No, they really exploded to snakes," no, really, and you all just went, "Oh, <laughs> oh." <laughs> <laughs> that shit it was, was okay, fucking wait, great. Wait, wait, oh I'm sorry. my god! I, I have to tell this from from the way that we the, the way that I saw it, we, or the way that I remember it specifically was we killed. We were playing Curse of Strahd, and there's a part where you're in a, you're in a, a cemetery and you get attacked by by zombies. And when you kill the zombies, they explode into snakes. So uh, I think Josh's character killed one. And Sam was like, all right, cool. And then it explodes into snakes. And we were like, <laughs> that's amazing. It's all right. And then he just switched the token to a horde of snakes. He was like, no, I'm not kidding. And we were like, 
Yeah, it wasn't. That was the best part. Is Sam, is Sam was like, yeah, and then they turned into snakes, and we were like, uh huh. And then he just swaps the token out on roll twenty, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, this isn't Hold, goof. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait a he minute. He wasn't goofing. And then all of the zombies did that. We were just like, what is happening? It was uh, a great time. It's yeah. like the one time I side blasted a pile of garbage uh, and a shambling yeah, mountain uh-huh. came and out and smacked my mission uh-huh. across the room. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I just want you to know that I let you live through that encounter. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I, look, I, just, I, uh, I was so prepared to lose Luca session one. I what's not even funny. I was like, all right, man. All right, I, I guess I'll see y'all later. I'm gonna head out. Like, yeah. I uh, literally, geez. I was like, okay. Um, and then I, I, I don't. I think it was, uh, I think it was the one other player in the group at the time because it was Josh, Isaiah, and another one of our friends. He's like, okay, can I pull him out? I'm like, I look. I was like, I'm not even gonna look at the rules for this. I, uh, it's yeah, just gonna happen. Just, just get, just give me, uh, just give me like a, 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 a athletics roll. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna make the, I'm gonna make the DC five. <laughs> he's oh gonna God, pass yeah. unless he rolls real low because he's just dragging a guy out. I mean, he was a right. spindly bard, but it was like, yeah, no, he'll, he'll, he'll be able to do it, no problem. Curse uh, Strahd, man. <laughs> oh, it, I look. All right, when it, when it was tense, good. Good, good stuff. And then it got to the point where I was like, I don't know what this campaign's trying to do anymore. <laughs> it, yeah, that campaign fucking spiraled. Like, I don't even know, Chief. And I, 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 oh, I think, I think it, it's nothing is more telling of Curse of Strahd when it comes to session one of Curse of Strahd and our final session of Curse of Strahd. Um, because, dear viewer, <laughs> session one began as as a very typical. Uh, like 2007 Hugh Jackman's Van Helsing as story of like haunted house. We show up like, all right, here we're here to kick ass and kill monsters and chew bubble gum, and then we get the skit shared out of the the skit. Fuck me, the shit the skit. skit out of us yep. constantly. Yeah, I know. Uh, leave me alone, <laughs> Brett. Cut that out. No, or no, don't. No, I don't no. really care. Don't leave cut it in. Um, Brett, add the reverb. Uh, <laughs> the <yes>. reverb. <laughs> Bought a bingus. Um. Yeah, we get the shit scared out of us constantly for like 10 sessions after that. But really, like the first one of just like the creepy kids, the death house, the wailing. And we're like, I want to go home. And then final session, we rock up with, I think, exactly 37 vials of holy water. And Strahd is like, hey, y'all, you want some dinner? I'm kind of hungry. I'm not really in the mood to fight y'all. What y'all think? And we're like, uh, and then he was like, hey guys, look, I'm gonna be real with you. Um, I wanna die. So if you could help me figure out how to do that permanently, that'd be real helpful. And we we're like, um Okay, yeah, we could do that. So uh yeah, I, you that, didn't that even spiraled. mention the whole cast of people that rolled up. Like, you know, the new the gnome, cast. <laughs> the gnome in yeah. the Hawaiian shirt. The God, the literal I love that gnome so much. Uh, the half elf that's definitely not Anakin Skywalker's uh, backstory, but written in ye olden times. Yeah. Uh, Adrian, not Aridin. Um, Hi. The mystic. <laughs> and then 
I don't even what what character were you playing at that time, Josh? Valenthay. Your Shatterkai Elf Paladin. Angry Elf Paladin. Third time's the charm. Third time's the charm. Third character's the charm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think I think so. What what I love about Valenthay was was how sassy she was, but also that of all of Josh's characters in that campaign, she had by far the worst stats, and she's the one that made it out alive. I mean, to be fair, she had less sessions to try and make it through, so, you know. Uh, but yeah, I, she had pretty shit I stats. mean, here's the thing. Barrack probably had the best stats of he every did. character. He absolutely he made did. Two whole sessions <laughs> before he even, got not even. not even two sessions. Literally, like, basically a session and a half. He was introduced, uh, oh he buried his own character, and then he died the session later. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it was like mm-hmm. maybe a session and a quarter that he lived. It was so funny. I <laughs> I the will never bravado, forget. The bravado that Josh had going in to Baba Yaga's hut. <laughs> Crushed like his character's <laughs> meek body. Yeah, that was oh. a good time. I mean, I think uh, I think the cherry on top of that wild, y'all. was I was and, like, okay, and then Cloud Kill comes out of the house, and you're all just like, <laughs> oh, and then Josh is like, all right, I'm up, I'm up, I'm up, smack. Okay, gets back up. Cloud Kill moves five feet. Oh no, hits the ground. <laughs> yep, and then. Uh, and then, you know, in an ironic twist, I throw Cloud Kill at Sam and Isaiah as my players in our current game. And Isaiah takes that time to grab the sorcerer who cast Cloud Kill, <laughs> shove him into his own cloud, and choke him to death with it. <laughs> so. This is what you get, yeah. nerd. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm playing a. a- <laughs> That was a fucking, it was a fucking time, bro. Playing a Warforged, playing a Warforged armored artificer, so I'm basically just playing Iron Man. And he's, like, yeah, he's, yeah. It's great. So he's like, and then he casts, he, so he, he, he describes a cloud kid, I'm like, this motherfucker. So I, I, I use, I, I, I wasn't hasted, I remember this, but yeah, I, I, I sprinted up. Yes, I was sprinted up. I got attacked. The attack missed. The next turn, I was like, okay, I try to grapple him. <laughs> and Josh is like, you can certainly try. And the, the wizard rolled like a, a one. He rolled real bad. He had shit okay. strength anyway. You grab him. And I'm like, all right, cool. Um, does it cost any movement to spin up 180 degrees with him? Does that kind of drag you? And he's like, I, I don't think it does. And I was like, all right, cool. I, uh, so I, I grab really him and just an rotate him and hold his ass in the cloud kill. And he's like, yeah. And you just hear coughing and sputtering death as the spell ends. And I was like, <laughs> sick. <laughs> he dies, drops him to the floor, and then the cloud just dissipates. He basically made him smell his own farts and died. <laughs> it was a good time. Look, look, that's not even the worst wave that I figured out on how to kill an enemy. Must I introduce the bagging? I know. Please. Oh, my time. Curse of Strahd was. Curse yes, Strahd, before your time, you? Matt. Curse of Strahd was a wild ride. Matt, have, have we told you about the bagging? Yes, but for the viewers at home. Okay. Great right. to retell. I just to, so, yes, I will tell this story for the viewers at home. I just wanted to know if, if Matt, this was your first time. So, um, very early into our Curse of Strahd game, I think we were level three. Yep. Um, uh huh. 
<clears throat> we fought some four. random barbarians in a random encounter. And the whole time we were like, hmm, it's weird that these random Vikings showed up in the middle of Transylvania and are like, Yarhar, give me your money. And we we're like, all right, sure. So we kill them and uh, Sam rolls on a random loot table and gets a bag of holding. And we're like, oh, yeah bag of holding acquired we're officially adventurers oh now. yeah Fuck it's all yeah, coming dude. together <laughs> it's all coming together so we're, we can we continue traveling and we he, he describes on how we stumble across a, by the way spoiler warning i'm gonna say this um we stumble across a massive uh uh, uh windmill or or like uh millery and uh, he describes that how it just looks evil as hell it's giving off just the the worst vibes and we go in and they're like, oh yeah, there's like all this creepy shit in here. There's like children's bones and frogs everywhere and the smell of meat pie. And we're like, oh, this is evil. Oh, they're all evil. Whatever is here, this is gonna suck. So we go, we go up the first floor. Or we, we Sorry, we look around like the ground floor. We can't find anything. And on our way up the first floor, we run into a hag and we're like, oh no. Uh, and as we're talking to the hag, my character, who was partially kitted out for persuasion because he's a tiny, skinny, frail boy, um, I'm trying to like talk her down and be like, "Hey, like, we this is an accident. We, we're not really here on purpose. We're just we're just looking around." And then Josh goes, "I stabbed that bitch," <laughs> and we're like. Josh and he was like I'm sorry it's what my character would do and we're like why why are you like this please stop please the worst no. and saying then he rolled. in all and tabletop he and he rolled a natural one so then we were yeah. like oh no and then Sam was like alright well roll initiative bitches and we're like please no don't do this to us and he's like no roll initiative so after I think my character was last in the round, I was like, please, I try to I want to persuade them to, to not murder us horribly. And Sam's like, all right, roll for it. And I roll a natural 20. It was like, oh, he's like, OK, yes, fine. Um, they they will agree to not attack you. But under under the terms that you bring them a human a, a child, a humanoid child uh, by the next day. And we're like, yeah, 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 yeah sure. Of Obviously, you know, of course, of course, you know, fuck them kids. We got this. Naturally, um, we can bring you some children. I mean, who needs kids, right? Fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so we, we walk out the door. We're let out the door and immediately we're like, all right, so we are definitely not doing that. How are we going to figure this out? We got to get these bitches out of here because this, this is some craziness. Um, and we, I think we spent about 20 to 30 in real time minutes. It was, like, it was a lot of it. discussing. <laughs> it took a while. Um, and I, I was thinking about it and I was like, wait a minute. We can't we, we definitely can't kill a coven of hags with only three of us at level three. It's just it's not gonna happen. I'm sorry, it's impossible. However, everything, unless stated otherwise, needs to breathe. And the bag of holding has limited air. What if we just threw one of them in the bag of holding and suffocated them and then to make sure they were dead we'd wait 10 minutes dump them out and shank the body a few times and sam's exact sentence was i don't care if this plan works this is the most D, &D thing i've ever heard and we are doing this and i was like fuck yeah dude um now in hindsight before anyone points it out yes if you're in a bag of holding, you can actually stab your way out, but we had missed that, so... Oh, I didn't miss it. Yeah. 
Okay, I, well, we, I we had not missed that. that. I I know you did. I I just didn't say anything. I was like, all right, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let them do this. If they can manage to get one of the hags in the bag on the first turn, who am I to say no? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're basically we're like, all right, so we're gonna we're gonna take a long rest. We're gonna we're gonna show up to the house the next day and be like, here's your small boy, and then we're gonna just bag the first one that opens the door, and. Uh, to our credit, the next day, knock on the door, same hag shows up, and we just fooper into the bag. Bag that we bitch. Wait. We bagged that we, bitch like a pizza delivery man. Just whoop. yes, we did, and we waited for about fifteen minutes, and we're like, ah, she's probably dead by now, right? Let me. Oh, we're, and, and, and my character is in the middle of the circle. Everyone's got their weapons drawn. Okay, ready? One, two, three, and we drop, and a corpse hits the ground, and then we shank it a few times to be sure, and we're like, nice. That is one hag down, two to go. See, this is why I believe that Wizards of the Coast invented the bag man for fucking the, was it the Van Richten's guide? Because of our campaign. But the the hags in there, they just come out and they're bag people and they just murder the shit out of you and they're even stronger now. Oh, it was absolutely the reason why they made this. Um... So the second hag was a little was 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 a good time because so we go up to the second floor again, and on this time another hag comes down, and uh, she's like, "Oh well, where's my sister?" And and we're like, uh, "Uh, well." So we we bought a bunch of pies, and she's actually uh, she's gone. We don't know where she is. We haven't seen her in, in like a while. Um, so that being said, we want to buy a bunch of pies. Could you like come downstairs and we could figure out like some money? Like, like how, how much do we owe you? And after another, not natural 20, but very high persuasion roll, she's like, oh, okay, it's fine. And on her way down, I jump out from behind and foop her into the bag and we run outside and we wait for 10 minutes like giggling school children. And then we dump her out, shank her. And we're like, well, th- this went two for two. I see this as an absolute win. This can't go worse. So let's go three for three. And we sneak up to the top floor. We're about to. And Sam's like, all right, roll for stealth. And we're like, okay. So I roll and I natural one. And the hag upstairs flips out. I'm like, all right, fuck it. Losing stealth mode. And I run up ranting and screaming like a madman and tackle. Yeah, I bum rush her, tackle her onto the bed, and bag her. And then we run outside and giggle like school children, drop her, shank her, and we're like, I can't. You really just killed three hags and didn't lose a single hit point. Fucking I am astounded. It It was fucking glorious. It It was was definitely a D&D solution. That was so D&D. And like, I just think it's funny too. As a as an aside to this whole thing, um, <laughs> because <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I've heard other people like online and shit tell stories about them encountering the hags in Curse of Strahd, and literally every person, like every video, every post I've read, all that shit, every person basically says the same thing. They were like, yeah, you know. Wizards wants you to run away from this encounter, but instead of run away from this encounter, we basically just came up with some stupid ass way to beat it. And that's what literally everyone says. So like, we're not even alone. Like I've heard, I heard one story where they kicked the hag into the furnace and then shut the door and just burned her alive. I heard another story where they like 
went upstairs and like kicked him out the windows and then just rained arrows down when they tried to run back up. Like I've heard yeah. so many crazy stories. stories. <laughs> like just the craziest shit about people and how they've dealt with these fucking hags because basically nobody like literally no one went oh yeah and then we saw the hags and we ran away like that's not how anyone ends the story ever so i just look at that encounter and i'm like man this is a great example of developers have one idea player base completely different plan <laughs> just so off base what they wanted yeah it really was wizards of coast uh, wants you to run every player chooses violence yeah, every literally every other player is like no I don't think I will. I don't and think just, I will. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I just, I don't even understand what the point of that, account, like, what was the point of having players run from like other, I, I guess the idea was to be like, ooh, Curse of Strad is dangerous, but it just turns into memory. So like, I, uh, fucking, I don't know. Yeah, but that happens uh, with all encounters. I guess, point. but like, kind man, of. that one in particular really seems to bring the stupid out in people. I don't know why. I mean, you know, I, I mean, listen, I kind of expect the stupid from y'all now. Uh, well, yeah, Friday now, was, of course, it's part of the was, brand. Uh, well, yeah, it's kind of just the campaigns at this point. Like, last Friday was an excellent example of, like, just the, the tomfoolery that we get up to. Yeah, I'm going to jump into the lake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wasn't even thinking about that, but the the hey yo, I bet you uh I bet you a goal to find something dangerous down oh, there. Oh yeah, yeah, I yeah. bet. Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> Me and another player were just like, hey, I bet you a gold he sticks it Isaiah's character we're like, I bet you a gold he sticks his head in the water and just gets like eaten by something. And then he started, he like checked the, the pond out or whatever and nothing happened. And then we came, and so my character got the gold and I was like, or no, my character gave the gold away. And I was like, damn. And then we come back around and Isaiah's character jumps into the pond and gets attacked by a giant crocodile. And the first thing I say is, give me that fucking gold back. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was i i stand uh, by this it was fucking worth it I it was, was amazing it was worth it I, I just, sam's reaction of me going fuck it i dive in the water and him being like oh unfortunate oh, oh do you now oh no <laughs> he's his exact i see i see okay well i was like ah, i see here it comes here oh, it comes god um worth Anyway. There's also uh, there's also the time where you guys were like, all right, I stealth up behind him and uh, I, I put my dagger to his neck. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> I'm going to oh. kill you if you don't do this. All right. Do it. I want to die. <laughs> <anyways."> it, <punk. laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. That was a uh, that's a whole other. I just oh my God. Yep. kill. I killed uh, what, four guys, four yeah, guys without even rolling initiative. <laughs> yeah, yep. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Each one was like, do it. And do my it. suffering and do my character was like, okay, well, I'm <laughs> my alignment is neutral. Shank. <laughs> stabby, stabby. I'm chaotic uh, enough for this. Um, good times. Anyway. How did we get here? I don't <laughs> That's know. That's the magic of I tangents. I really got no I idea. I really don't, don't know. need to know where we know. where we came from, how we got here. Uh, all part of the adventure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Seriously. You said it. You said the magic. Well, um, backtracking, because I know Isaiah did ask me the question at one point of like, I know what my feelings are on prepping. Um, I know, crazy. We're going back to an actual topic here. 
But uh, <laughs> what? No. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I I think it's interesting because I I have a really like um. I don't know. I have like a, I'm like the kid that went to the private school and got like a really weird education because I, so like, like I, like, like we said, in, you know, in the first episode, I technically started with Dungeons and Dragons fourth edition, but I didn't really prep properly because I didn't really understand the game properly. So I don't really count that as my starting point when it comes to learning how to GM really like I was but I was just kind of floundering about like an idiot um so my real start point with GMing was GMing Dungeon World and now I know I'm the only person amongst us that has run a Powered by the Apocalypse game uh and it is my favorite style of game to run right now uh who knows if that'll change in the future, but as of right now, it's my favorite shit, which is why I'm super excited that we're getting a Powered by the Apocalypse Avatar The Last Airbender game. Or should I just say Avatar? It's not only Last Airbender. Um, so my my prepping method is very Powered by the Apocalypse based, and the way those games do it is you don't prep scenarios and you don't prep like dungeons and adventures with with set endpoints you prep what are called fronts and this is kind of similar to what you were talking about isaiah that you do with your game where you're like oh there's events that are happening and the players set the event off and even if they don't do anything like it keeps going on in the background and like stuff will happen fronts is essentially um that uh, fronts is that concept like codified into the game so you prep stuff that is happening in your world and then those events are happening the way it's described is you prep the game as if the players didn't exist so you prep all of your fronts and they're called fronts well it, in dungeon world they're called um oh no yeah they're so they're called adventure fronts uh they're called fronts because uh the terminology is based on wartime where you say you're fighting a war on multiple fronts um i i did quotation marks with my finger there which i don't know why no one can see my fingers but um so you prepare these fronts as stuff that is going on and you say to yourself what would happen if the players never intervened and i think a lot of dms probably do this naturally in DD and other things anyway but the Powered by the Apocalypse games really codified it and like made it a rule and taught me how to do it. So that was one of my main focuses for prep. And it kind of still is where I come at things of being like, what, what are the events? Where do they go if the players don't intervene? What's going on in the background, irregardless of if the players are present or not present? Like I, I have that mentality. So like I ha I come at it from a weird angle where I don't prep an adventure to be like, and then the players show up, this is what's gonna happen. I just say to myself, all right, what would happen? All right, what happens if the players show up here? Maybe this will happen. And if they show up here, maybe this will happen. And if they don't show up at either of those times, maybe this will happen. Um, so that's kind of my main way of, of getting at prep. And then from there, it just becomes a case of like, I plan 
uh, I plan scenes. I plan. I like to prep moments. So I will write down like this guy's going to show up and do this. And this is going to be a scene. And the point of this scene is this. So I kind of do this like play thing in my head where, where I'll be. And when I say play, I mean like a theatrical play where I'll be like, oh, I want Captain Darkthorn to show up in the city as soon as the players get here. And he's going to have a conversation with all of the refugees coming into the town and explain why he can't accept them into the town. And then this is going to convey to the players why there re- there's so many people in this in this town and why they're low on supplies and all this other stuff. And like that will sort of let them know what's going on and they could just completely ignore it and that's fine. The events are still going to move forward. So that's like, that's the fun part. That's the part of the prep I like. That's the cool stuff. I also like you, Isaiah. I like doing world building stuff. I like being like, ooh, and then the gods did this and then it birthed a magical flower, which is now used in healing potions. Like, I love all that horse shit. Even if it doesn't come up, I will, I'll write it. And then sometimes I will just interject it in places. So like one thing I did for Mike, for our current campaign and Isaiah and Sam, you've probably noticed is like, I've come up with different terminologies for things. So like in my setting, because there's a lot of match tech shit, there's elevators, but I don't call them elevators. They're called levees, which is short for levitation pads because they're literally flat sheets of metal that levitate, you know, raise you up and down. So like, I'll do shit like that where it's like, does that matter? Do the players need to know that I came up with a logic behind why elevators are a thing and what they're called? No. Does anyone care? No, but I do it anyway. Um, and I'll often do the thing where it's like, uh, I can't, there's like a term for this, but like, I'll do the thing where it's like, this item is technically called this, but everyone refers to it this way. So like a phone, your phone is technically called a cellular phone, but everyone just says cell phone or phone, right? So like, that's an, that's an, I'll do that a lot in my prepping. This is a good way to do like spice up your world building with little tidbits, by the way, for anyone who's listening, in case you need some ideas. That's why I did the whole thing where like, oh, it's a levitation pad. Oh, people call it levies. Um, I know that sounds very British, but it works. <laughs> I, I do actually. So I have one. I think my favorite one I have in my setting for that is. Um, so obviously it's, it's post-apocalyptic and, and like the flora and fauna have changed very, uh, again, very. Uh, gotta stop screwing with my charger, making noise in the mic. Um, but it's very Borderlands, very Mad Max, very Fallout inspired. And there is a, a a fruit that grows from like a small uh, weed like uh, like bush called ash fruit, and it's called that because when it touches your tongue, it sort of disintegrates like cotton candy. Um, like it just it like just comes apart into these ashy uh, sandy particles, and it, it I'd always describe it as tasting like. Uh, like charcoal smoke and the little sour and most of the the readily available f- uh, uh, natural food you can find at least in some part has ash fruit in it so whenever uh, I, I bring that up I brought that up every so often at the start of the campaign now and now just the players know that that's what they're eating uh, and I had this great situation last session where one of my players was eat it was like they went to the mess hall and they're eating food and every time he eats it, he's like, oh, God, this is so disgusting. I hate this shit so much. And everyone's like, why are you still eating it? Then he's like, because I'm hungry. And this is all we ever have to eat because it sucks. 
I mean, um, yeah, that's always the best, right? When you do a world building thing and then your players pick up on it and then they in character talk about it, reference it. That's when you're like, yes, fucking give me that sweet sugar, baby. Yeah, buddy. Like that's yeah, that's the, that's like the most exciting parts when you're like, oh, yes. Yes. Um, that's kind of how I felt when when you guys started like referencing like actual so or more of my OC do not steal nonsense uh my setting is heavily like Greek and Greek mythology influenced so the players in character were like referencing actual Greek gods and like uh referencing mythos around them at which point I was like oh yeah that's the good stuff give me more of that <laughs> um because I made a I made a reference to the pomegranates from the underworld which is a whole thing with Persephone and Hades is story blah 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 but it was it was good that I got like a reaction from it um so yeah that's always that's always the the most like rewarding shit um or like in, <laughs> in Sam's campaign when we constantly <laughs> I don't even remember where this came from but uh the campaign we're in with Sam is we're going to like uh I don't Harry Potter school basically we're going to magical misfit school um, and someone made a joke about Magicoon Academia yes Magicoon Academia and someone made a joke that like one of the one of the students had thrown a spell on the lunch uh, all the, on the lunch food like in the cafeteria <laughs> so so everything is potato soup so we just constantly in character would bring up and complain about the fact that everything tastes like potato soup or is potato soup and then at one point Sam was like you guys come to the cafeteria and, and realize hey the food tastes different we're like oh he's like it's tomato soup now we're like great so now we complain about it being tomato soup all the time even worse <laughs> it just it, each time we're like oh, oh. every time you're disappointed because it's not normal food yeah. it's just all the same thing and you're I think at one point it was like, yeah, so you bite into an apple and find that it's just an uncooked potato. It's just an uncooked potato. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love that. But anyway, so yeah, like that kind of shit, that's like, that's the kind of prepping, right? That like gets my fucking nannies a knocking, like gets the titties a twisting, you know, like is exciting. I don't know what those are weird. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, you were going to say you're going to go three for three on that, Chief? No, I'm not going to try to But point is, that's the kind of prep where it's like fun and exciting and you get into it and it makes you want to run the game and all that shit. The prep that gives me stress and makes me want to basically claw my eyeballs out um, is especially with 5e uh, but I think this does translate to other games to a certain degree is prepping encounters and not and they don't all have to be combat encounters but just encounters in general and it's not that I can't come up with encounters but I have this awful self-imposed rule kind of like I was saying where I won't adjust stats on the fly I have this Thing where I GM where like I will impose rules on myself and like I, I I just don't break them like this is the rule this is how I fucking do it that's it so um when I'm prepping encounters 
they, in my head, I have decided that the encounters need to make sense to the setting. Like, they need to make sense to the world and shit. So I can't be having an owlbear encounter in the Arctic. That doesn't work. And it's like, could I come up with a reason? Yeah, of course I could. But no, I, I refuse. It must, it, must, it must make sense in a way that I like. And then the other thing is, I need the encounter to be different than the previous encounter in some way. It needs to it needs to show a different part of combat or a different part of the character or something. So I won't I won't like reuse enemies that much, even though I probably should, because it will help my fucking sanity, but I just don't. Uh and then the other thing is the encounters need to have a purpose. Now the purpose can vary. Like I'm okay with random encounters having minimal purpose and their purpose is just oh they just inform you about what the area is like what lives here and stuff like that i'm fine with that so it doesn't always have to be a big purpose but it needs to have a purpose to it i can't just make a random encounter or make a thing or whatever it just i just i don't know why and if I do that, then I get stressed out. And then if I actually do the encounter, I'm like, what was the point? Why did I waste our time? And it, and then I, my brain just spirals into a weird place. So like, that's a, that's probably oh, the Lord, biggest Brian. thing with me, Let me to be honest. You. Let me tell you how awful it is trying to come up with random encounters for a post-apocalypse where yeah. there is basically no published help that I could find that doesn't oh. cost them. Crap ton. That's the other thing. Uh, I don't use. I like barely ever use published anything. You know, like uh, I'll use stat, I'll use monster stat blocks, obviously. But like, I yeah, I don't. That's a whole other episode. Yeah, church. yeah. Like I don't, I don't use a lot of published shit. What'd you I say, even, Sam? I don't even know where to begin with that. That is. I know. I'm. That is I'm the. Not, oh, you, you know, <laughs> I I think I know why you hate prepping for five e. It's so, because you just yeah. give yourself too many rules to follow. I do. I really do. Literally, but here's the thing, Literally, right? me and Matt are like, hey, yo, rule of cool. It's in. I, Bada yeah. bing kiss. I know. We'll I figure know. it out. I know. But like, yeah, that's also, the Josh, thing. Exhibit A, Albert in the Arctic yes, from I the know. official DVD <laughs> adventure. That was a bad example, Matt. I was just trying to make a point. That was a bad example. I'm aware there's Arctic owl bears. Matt just shared a picture from, I, I think, Rhyme of the Frostman in our chat. Yeah. Um. Yes, I'm aware. The point, my point was, is like, you know, it needs to have a thing that makes sense to me and fits well in my setting and all this other bullshit. Um, and I'm aware it's all self-imposed bullshit. Trust me, I, I am completely aware. And yes, I do self-impose too many rules. And yeah, but the thing is, is it works for me in other games, but 5e wants to fight me a bit on it. So well, I guess the biggest yeah. thing is, is it, it at the end of the day? Is the encounter fun? Is it fun to run as a DM? Well, yeah, for you? I always try is to do that. Is it fun for the players to like, whether it's a uh, whether it's combat or like uh, you know uh, what do you call it, discussing something with an NPC or finding something on the road, whatever the case may be, as long as it's fun, like that's at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. Exactly. Yes. The rule no. 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 Of cool. I, I get that. And I do, I do still try to design with that in mind, but I also, on top of that, have all the other self-imposed rules on myself. So like, it, you know, sometimes they conflict and then I look at myself and go, what do I do? I, I don't know. And then 
and then I'll spend an hour aimlessly scrolling through the monster manual or whatever and just being like, uh, uh, no. Oh, the other, the, <laughs> this is another thing I have. I'll want a monster to perfectly fit what I need. And of course that's not going to happen. That rarely ever happens. But I want it to happen. So I try to force it to happen. And I'll be like, this monster's close, but not enough. This one's close in this regard. And so I'll have six monsters that are a maybe, but I won't just have a decision down. Which is just like, oh, Christ, why am I doing this? <laughs> and as I'm explaining this, I realize I sound like a, so uh, so a sociopath right now. Like a fucking... Uh, I sound crazy. Bit. I'm aware. I'm just fully dead. aware. Yeah, no, I know. It's just like, you know, it's one of those things. I don't know. But like a good example, you know, so the, the encounter we just had in my campaign, right, where two players died that I didn't intend to die, but woo, the encounter itself was interesting and cool because... The players were moving around, abilities like the, the terrain was being used, the bit like abilities were blocking like they were in this like market square area and like Sam's character who's a ranger had Misty stepped onto a roof and was like shooting from a distance, but then there were enemies that could fly, so like they came after him on the roof and then he jumps off the roof and then our my other player who's a sorcerer, he misty steps onto a different roof and then he's dealing with enemies flying and then like there was uh there was two of the gold forge sentinels from theros which also have 60 60 feet of fly movement so like they were flying up and down and then landing and like dodge dipping and dodging and there was a wall of fire in the middle of the field that basically like cut the battle in half so like not everyone could like the enemies couldn't help all their allies and vice versa like ton of shit was going on like it was that's why it took so long because there were so many things that were moving and shaking and all this other stuff and there were enemies that could fly and enemies that didn't and like isaiah was in like a 1v8 on his own off to the side basically yeah. <laughs> which was pretty wild and so like when it that's the thing is like when all of my self-imposed rules work it's pretty great but it makes the in-between prep heinous to say the least <laughs> so yeah like i that's that's my big thing i also i also have this thing where because of the rule structure of 5e and 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 other games i've done this with too not just 5e in this case um if i feel like oh the game has rules for this i want to honor those rules as much as possible even if i don't like them that much you know so like it'll be a scenario where i'll look at something and be like oh i want this to happen and i'll be like oh i think there's rules for this somewhere in the dmg and then i'll be searching and searching and searching and searching and then i'll find it and i'll be like ah oh, it doesn't fit exactly what i want and then i'll tweak what i had in mind to fit the rules better and so like it, it, i i have that where like i really not, not to say that i don't hack game because i do um, like I do homebrew stuff of course everyone does but I do like to at least try the actual rules first you know like I always love to give it a shot first so I try to honor the rules as much as I can and then once I've tried it if I'm like oh this is just trash then obviously I'm not going to stick for example starting at level 1 in 5e never again like it's just not happening uh, but I've tried it I've run through it. You know, I, uh, I've, I've basically, I want to know if I hate the thing or don't hate the thing. 
Um, I had a similar issue with Star Wars. There was a lot of that in my head where I was trying to trying to like decide like do we need do we use this rule do we need this rule is this a thing that i should pay attention to like there's a lot of that with star wars because that star wars game the fantasy flight star wars uh star wars tabletop game uh there's a lot of rules that are kind of um they don't totally fit star wars that they fit like hard sci-fi as a genre but star wars isn't that right so like like that the book has rules for like navigating and like flying around and and doing hyperspace and stuff even though star wars as a series doesn't really give a shit hyperspace just works and it moves at the speed of plot convenience but they have rules that give you exact numbers in the book like that i kind of ran into with star wars quite a bit too where i was like no we should honor this rule um and it's hard for me to break out of that, which is probably another reason I like Powered by the Apocalypse because the rules are designed intentionally open-ended so you can use them in the way that fits for you. Uh, yeah, so I guess I guess the moral is I had weird training in my early days of DMing, and so that has warped my methods into a weird... Uh, system if you will <laughs> a weird uh, I, don't know, I can't think of a better word I don't I have know fam I think you should just do what me and Matt do and say I should I really should I, want. <laughs> I just Probably can't should. I don't know why I can't like I have like a rubric you know what I mean like I literally I, like you know that this thing this man thinks he's still in school <laughs> that's what I mean right no but you know that thing where like that your English teacher gives you a rubric and tells you this is what you need to have in your essay and then you make sure to hit all the bullet points on the rubric or was that just me? I think next time you like prep uh, an encounter. No, me. Yeah. Like, I do it I like next that. Time you just gotta do the opposite of what you normally do. Just be like, all right, I, I got an that. encounter. How? I don't know. All right, here's what we're gonna do. Matt? Just be like, all right, I would normally do this. So that means I should do the other <laughs> way. I can't though. It's not that easy for me. Brain no worky that way. Have, have obsessive tendencies like all right matt here's what you do just, you know just, what just stop i can't just stop having those just do it just stop, just stop just stop for it yeah just stop forehead smile all right wait here matt here's what we're gonna do yeah. you prep an encounter for me and then i'll just use it sure. no matter what it is you know how many times Sick. have you literally oh, asked me to prep your own, your session that i'm about to play in how many times have you asked me that josh oh yeah as a joke constantly all the time yeah, I'm just like, no, because I'm about to play it. And then you're going to be like, what is this? And I'm going to be like, it's awesome. Don't worry about it. What, uh, what level are they at the moment? Um, Seven. Hey, you guys like gray renders, right? Hell yeah. Hell hey. yeah, dude. I like how you just picked a monster. This is this is clearly yep. showing the situation. Yep. You just picked a monster. <laughs> yep. Oh, my so I'm like, God. What's a monster I really like? What level are they? Gray render? Yeah, I could do something with that. Yeah, see, like, I can't... No, that's exactly what I do. I, uh, that's how I do it as well, yeah. Just, do I Yo, like the monster? Superpowers. I, I, I'm gonna fit this monster in here. Oh. <laughs> uh, like, sometimes I do that a little bit, but I never go too far, you know what I mean? Like, I never go completely off the deep end. Deep end? And what? I never go completely uh -huh. off the deep end. Deep end? Yeah. <laughs> I never go completely off the deep end. I always try to still stay like, like I'll pick a monster, but I still want him to be kind of where what I want, you know? 
I'll well, never just thing. like I'll never just roll a die and point at a monster on the fucking page. Like I that sounds so anxiety. Uh, I, I I literally <laughs> do sometimes just flip through the monsters and say that's a cool name and then go from there. There are times oh, that I just Oh my do god, that. I can't even uh, I also yeah. do that. I will say I will say so part of the reason Oh my god, I have to explain my fucking setting bullshit again. I I'm not trying to do this on purpose. Huh. So another thing about setting the enemy that the sort of main antagonist they're fighting is this enemy called the, the dredge and the monsters in question are basically like uh amorphous like icarus like uh i'm trying to think of a good example to compare them to like pop culture wise but like basically they have no set the shape. thing kind of but not really because they're like they're like liquid. They're like living li- liquid creatures, essentially. Oh, Oblexes. Uh, yeah, I think kind of. I was gonna say very bendy in the ink machine. They're yeah, bendy in the ink machine actually is that's the best one. Yeah, bendy in the ink machine is a good way to put it. They're like this Icarus thick, fluid creatures that have no set shape. And part of the reason I did that was so I could take any monster stat block I wanted to use and just slap it onto them, and then it automatically fits because they can take any form they want. So, like, I've used a Chain Devil. I use the Spawn of Kaya stat block. Like, I've used a whole bunch of different stat blocks for them that have no relation to each other because I specifically designed them to be amorphous blob men of doing whatever the fuck they want. So Right, reflavoring monsters, like, just changing the texture. Like, a League of Legends skin on a character. Pretty much. It's so easy to do that where you're like, ah, man, I really wish I had, like, a goblin... Spellcaster. Oh look, the mage stat block. I'm just gonna, yeah, just combine right. these or switch it. Talk about so, this on another episode. Yeah. So I literally made an enemy that is just that concept, and that that's kind of part of the reason I did it because I knew I would be able to. I was like, this is a good way for me to like trick myself. Essentially, <laughs> I pulled one over mm-hmm. on my own Not brain. Over, <laughs> it also helps if you have players who specifically look at monster stats during the game and try to like I don't want to say cheat but right, they right. Meta that's game. the other thing yeah and if yeah, you, you like just reflavor it, it or mm-hmm. you know you're like oh shit you're like nah this isn't a troll this is a a, a, a mole a yeah but originally right. alright alright hold, hold on. on I have to ask <laughs> yes I have to ask we're putting all the coins on the table right now uh-huh. who here's looked up a monster stat block during a fight never yeah, not not no, during a fight. Not during a fight. Never. After the ca- after the session, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. During after a session, fight, yeah. God no. Never. I would never. That's fucked. Uh no, I I will freely say that I have done that in the past. Bro. You damn. Damn, bro. But like I didn't I, say I did it for your campaign. No, I know, I know, I, I know. I, 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 <laughs> I will say I know you did. But I will say something I, that's funny. I uh specifically with the chain devil scenario. I literally said to myself, I was like, I have to be really, really careful about how I describe this monster. Because I know if I describe this dredge dude as using chains with blades on them or something like that, Isaiah's going to know it's a chain devil. That was a a thought in my head. I was like, I bet money either. Actually, specifically, I was thinking, I was like, either Isaiah or Sam are going to realize it's a chain devil if I'm not really careful with how I do this. So that's Mm -hmm. why I was like very specific and like I reflavored him and like I gave him different abilities and shit and I was like alright 
should be good now. Because <laughs> I know, I know that you and Sam know a lot of monster stamp blocks. That's fair. So that is a conscious thought is, I have often. The worst part is when it comes to monster stamp blocks, I like, I don't think about them. And I think the worst thing is, is that like when we're fighting stuff, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what this is. Like when we were fighting the cultists, I'm like, yeah, they usually have a, they usually have chain mail and a shield. And then like yep. the fight went over to the next session yep. and everyone was like, what's their AC? I'm like, oh, they're wearing chain mail, but they have no shield. So it's 16. <laughs> well, it's like, yeah. Oh and that was God. just <laughs> things I like I li- off the top of my head. I was like, yeah, no, this is it. <laughs> In that particular case, I literally used the, the, use the uh, token. I used the dead three stat, the dead three uh, cultist stat blocks from Descent into Avernus. And because we had played that recently, I knew, I was like, Sam and Isaiah are going to recognize these guys. But in this case, I actually wanted you to recognize them because it was a plot point. So I didn't mind that you knew, you know what I mean? Because I wanted you to look and go, oh, it's the followers of the dead three. Oh, so they're involved in this. Like, yeah. So that was a very conscious decision. But it is, it is, it was kind of funny when you were like, oh yeah, yeah, they have chain mail and no shield. And I'm looking at the stat block and I'm like, I mean, he's right. (laughs) (laughs) Can't argue. It's Uh, fucking fantastic. (laughs) How it goes sometimes. Um, And then just do be like that. The other annoying thing too is when you reflavor the monster, but you forget to change out their token art, and then your players are like, oh, it's just this, and you're like, fuck. That's a thing, too. I, that's a good time. Especially I've never had that happen. 20. No shit. Yeah. Especially if you're playing on Roll20, and you have, you know, you're like, uh, I'm going to use, a, uh, you know, an Archmage, but I'm going to, like, reflavor him as an undead Archmage or something, as an undead wizard, and then you don't change out the Archmage token, everyone looks at the art and go, wait, that's an Archmage, and you're like, god hey, damn it. Hey, Actually, you, want, you, know you, want know, like... you want to know a fantastic trick for this, right? Uh, literally just throwing a fake token onto the screen. Oh, well, yeah. And I mean, just yeah, open it up. Oh, hell yeah. That, that's just, yeah. that's the easiest way to do that. Uh, just real quick, real quick. One thing I feel like I have to specify, yes, I have looked up a monster stat sheet in the middle of a fight. In my defense. Shame. We had fought literally dozens of monsters, and it, it, the 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 situation in question was a werewolf. Look, and or no, 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 because <laughs> no, if if you were in my position, I know you would have done the same thing. No, 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 no. So, I was gonna say Isaiah, you explained yourself in episode one of what the what the the situation was. It was, it was, was a and, werewolf. You know, so it was a werewolf. I don't blame you. And one of the players got bit by the werewolf. And then one of the other players was like, I cast uh, Greater Restoration. And the GM is like, okay, now make me two into, uh, what is it? Two Arcana checks. And we were like, why? And he's like, to see if the spell works. And I was like, no, no, nah, nah, hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's, yeah. that's a little different. That's like looking that's up calling like your DM rules. out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to yeah. say like, there are times where I'm like, all right, to I need fa- to check the wording on something because of yeah. X, Y, and Z. Like, for instance, the the Babus, like, we, we you said, I don't, I don't, I think it was probably me who was like, oh, is it because of the smell of the demons? And you were like, yeah, it's the smell of the demons. And then you looked at the rules and you were like, wait, it's not the smell of the demons. They just have a fucking awful aura. Like, oh, okay. oh, no, yeah, yeah, no, that was, that was because... 
or the, the, the whatever devil the babu and the uh the blues the blizzow or whatever the goat dudes the goat dudes have the stink the babu have a different con save thing so i was mixing them up because they both had con saves yeah. i unintentionally made an encounter uh where the players had to make like three con saves a turn basically good times. and i did not do it on purpose but afterward i was like man this is fucking stupid i should have checked but oh well here we yeah, are that's, basically that's a bit much don't use uh the goat dudes the blues owl or whatever and the baboos do not use those demons at the same yeah. time because it's just Zao and the or, babau or mad or, or, fucking con checks or hear hear me out when they have to make a con check for like an aura Make them immune to it for a minute if they pass. Well, that's not what it said. It's not part so. of it. It's okay. I'm, yeah. That's fine. But you know what? Most abilities that are like that have that kind of text in them. So having it be just outright, oh, yeah, no, you, you just... Okay, I they're immune to this now. <laughs> Same, fine. Remember the, no one's going no yeah, to have problems with that. You remember that whole thing about how I can't, I can't change stat blocks on the fly? That whole... Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, Here you, we know, are. You, know, you know, you know, it just Here again, it just sounds like you got a you got a bit of a problem that you need to resolve. You I'm know? aware. I'm aware. It's just you know? it should be more loosey goosey. I, I, yeah, okay. just, listen, just listen, with the flow. Listen, I would love to. I would flow. love to. But brainy, no worky, no do. You know. Ah, you just gotta break your brain a little bit. Oh, I just shut yeah, just, just shut break it down. Your brain. Turn off the thinky wagon. <laughs> like yeah. I just yeah. I don't yeah, know. Just turn just it off. Just be like, what's the most anime? Ah, I guess. <laughs> and then just go with that. Or not. I mean, you don't uh, have to, not everything has to be anime. It could be, you know, something else that I I can't think of nah, the name of right now. Only anime. Eldritar, anime. Anime um, Eldritars. At the same time. At the same time, yeah. yeah I mean, just, you know, I mean, it's just Eldritar big ass titties. This is kind of an old, this is kind of an old fallback anime but Hayori Naruko-san is literally that premise so uh you know if you remember that show Sam um where Cthulhu is turned into an anime girl or no sorry Nartha 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 Tepelepa or whatever the fuck that one's called uh -huh. was turned yeah. into an anime girl the fuck uh I can't Nar Nyartha Sam that one Nyarla Thotep Nyarla Thotep is an anime girl in this anime and it's about her and another Eldritch Horror, and they just get up to weird shenanigans. It's a comedy anime. It's called Hayari Naruko-san, if anyone cares. Hey, 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 hey it was Josh, a good time. I know something disappointing to you huh? and not me. Yes. Uh, it was a visual novel. That's interesting. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's... I, I'll be honest. I'm not going to be able to. I'm trying to Google this. Oh, oh I did actually find it. Wow. I didn't a think lot, it a lot of the time, uh, at least back in, at this point in time in uh, the anime industry, a lot of anime was just uh, either light novel or uh, visual novel adaptations. You know, also, side note, funny enough, I don't think Cthulhu ever shows up in the show. Couldn't tell you. Uh, but yeah, anyway, good comedy anime. Uh... <laughs> But why did what? How did? God damn! Yeah, I, I have a yeah. random. Welcome, how did welcome we to the tangent. Here? I go, go for it. No, no, I, I, I was gonna say I do have a random, kind of on top of question with this. Uh, if you've got besides like if you've actually like, has anyone made a monster from? I, I don't want to say some, from scratch, but have you guys like 
actually homebrewed a monster in 5e uh, or in any game. Yeah, I homebrewed yeah, yes. the fuck out of that dredge that was based on the chain devil. I gave him a bunch of stuff that was not normal. I didn't like, do it from do? scratch. Just, um, I gave him. Well, no, yeah. I gave him a, an ability to uh, summon a bunch of minions, which he did at one point. I gave him the ability. The room was basically filled with the ichor that makes up the dredge, so I gave him the ability to meld into the floor and basically disappear. Uh, and what else did I give him? Gave him. Uh, there was another ability I gave him. Think of. Like, yeah, I, like, threw extra stuff on him, basically, to make him more chill. I also gave him, like, better stats and stuff. Um, but that's kind of, you know, that's the usual. <laughs> I don't yeah, think I've ever I... done entirely from scratch, though. It doesn't, yeah, I, sh I probably shouldn't have specified entirely from scratch, because, like, I've done the same thing where I take a monster and then monkey with it so much until it's, like, a new thing. But... I don't know. What about, uh, what about the, the other guys? What do you, what do you, have you oh, done I, anything like that? I have certainly created uh, a completely homebrew monster. And you know what? I was going to say no until I remembered that there's a there's something that you guys have not fought yet in our campaign that is completely homebrewed. Oh, so, no. Oh, boy. Can't wait. Uh, yeah. That's slightly concerning. I'm not going to lie. Um, oh, Isaiah. You homebrewed those fucking uh, speedy raptor boys. I did, yeah. Oh, uh, yawning. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, so for for hellscapes, they actually have a very, very intuitive monster builder, and they sort of explain to you in in very loose mathematical uh, terms, like what certain changes will do to increase or decrease a monster's CR. And like some some ideas of like how much damage they should do, and like if they do an extra D six, then they increase by like a quarter CR. And if you make them like one size category larger, they increase by half a CR and stuff like that. Um, so my main modus operandi for that uh, is to take an existing five E monster and just rip it apart uh, and merge about four other monsters in with it and then put the pieces that I like back together and see what I come up with. Yeah, there's very, a... Very rarely do I just... Oh my god, doing it again. Sorry. <laughs> very, very rarely do I just... Um, wholesale take a... Wholesale? Fuck me. Wholesale take a monster and uh, just run with that because there's a lot of things to keep track of in Hellscapes that are different than 5e and you sort of have to... to um, figure out how to incorporate the monsters abilities that you want without just being like hey look here, here's your play there's here's two different games you have fun trying to fix the uh, put those together um like uh, a big one is uh, vulnerabilities uh, in hellscapes vulnerabilities are not necessarily a damage type they're like a behavior um so it's like oh uh, the the first person that attacks this creature uh the creature is vulnerable to all damage or the first person that attacks this creature all other creatures have uh they do double damage to it because it's focusing the first creature that attacked it and stuff like that um so yeah the pharaoh raptors are cool they're 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 basically like uh they're just they're like giant velociraptors that are made of steel and they have no arms or eyes so they're just like moving bullets with razor sharp talons it was a fun time um, I actually, I have an NPC that the players haven't met yet that rides one, 
and I cannot wait because those things are so fun to play with. Sounds like um, a good time. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Um, but uh, we've been running for for quite a while now. It's about two minutes, two hours and twenty minutes. Um, I think it's about time we start wrapping things up. So, does anyone have any final remarks? Any last things they want to say? I was gonna mention that there's a there's a DM I follow on Twitter lands who have games I have watched. Uh, Stephen Lumpkin, those on the internet, who care. Um, and he does a he does a very similar thing with like bosses in particular. Is he just takes a crap load of abilities from different monsters and just smoosh together. Um, so yeah, definitely a definitely a strong method to just slap things together. It works surprisingly well. Um, other than that, though, yeah, I don't know. I I think the the <laughs> the moral of the story, I guess, if we were to have a moral of the story, uh, is the best way to deal with the prep stress issues is to just really find the parts of the prep that you actually like and focus on those the most. And also figure out uh, your your method, technique, your je ne sais quoi. No, like figure out the thing that makes it the the most bearable for you. Because I think everyone to a certain degree is like, oh fuck, I gotta like prep a bunch of crap, man. That's work, you know? Because because it it is <laughs> it could be a lot of work. It's like find the parts that are actually fun, which I know sounds like stupid basic like no no it's true you like, know like it, it's not all fun it, it's not like uh i've got several people who are like i kind of want to play but dming is scary and it's like just well focus on the stuff that you like doing and as long as you're not actively trying to make your player's experience worse uh most often things are gonna go okay you know as long as your your first and foremost focus is making sure your players are having a good time Players are willing to put up with a lot of shit uh, if they see that you're giving them Very true. And, um, Very true. So as long as, you know, it looks like you're putting in, like, an honest shift to try to make a fun time for everybody, yeah, it'll be fine. Even if, you know, your prep isn't the best uh, or other related issues, just go for it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, that's about it. I think it's time we wrapped up. Uh the other, yeah, two, the, other, the other two bitches didn't say anything. Oh, that's right. They did. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm very There's tired. more than I, you would be, Isaiah. I, I, it's, we're filming this at 11 o'clock at night. Uh, 10 o'clock for Sam. Uh, because we're filming? That's yes. news to me. Where are the cameras? I, filming. I, I don't know. I, 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 right, right, right it's in front been of a long you. day. Reco record? It's been. We've been uh -huh. recording for two and a half hours. It's 11 o'clock at night. 10 o'clock for Sam because he's a special, special boy. It's boy. He's a special yeah. boy. I'm a spoy uh, now. You know, take spoy. the you we're we're doing we're doing we're doing the mat method. We're taking the first letter of my name and throw <laughs> it in front of a word. Anyways. Hell yeah. Uh you, you know, I I don't don't constrain yourself. Don't constrain yourself to rules. If you think something is cool, don't be like go me. for it. Don't no, don't be like him. Don't don't need a rule to do something. <laughs> That's I'm That's not. I'm not always like this, by the way. It's just on specific yeah, sure. things. I'm just saying. Like I'm. I'm not anti homebrew uh -huh. or anything. This is gonna mm -hmm. come out. This is gonna come off bad. I feel. Uh -huh. like. Yeah. 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 Keep talking. Keep digging that hole. You. You're in my game. You know I homebrew a bunch I, of shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Say it. 
for for a solid while you were very anti-homebrew. I think you, you've you've changed the tune. No, 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 no. I'm anti other people's mm. homebrew. I do my homebrew all the fuck I want. Ooh, mm. ooh, mm. all right. That's okay. another. Okay. That's another. <laughs> please, Matt, please yeah. take us away. All right. And remember, this for me. Remember, kids, uh, steal, outline, and make sure everyone, including you as a dungeon master, is having fun. Because, you know, it's a game at the end of the day. Yes, DMs. Don't fucking stress. Yeah, DMs are also supposed to have fun. That is that is a thing. Despite, uh, what? No, despite what the internet may tell you. Uh, right. Um, Excellent. I think, yeah, we, I uh, think we, Isaiah, I think we, I think we got that yep. point. All right. <laughs> Sessions canceled. Incorporated. No, no Matt, stop. We can't do that. Canceled for real. You oh bastard! This is the second time. <laughs> oh my god. We're gonna get arrested, Matt. All right, or something. I thought you guys right. stopped recording. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming. It's it's been your boy Isaiah, Sam, Josh, and Matt. This is the Sessions Cancelled podcast. Thanks for coming, oh, y'all. Good night. Follow us on Twitter and YouTube, Sessions Cancelled. Uh, yeah, oh, follow wait. Follow us on, on Twitter and the YouTubes. Uh, Sessions Cancelled. Links will be in the description. Uh, Sessions Cancelled podcast. Twitter, uh, for, Twitter, Twitter for, for Twitter, the the second, no, the last D and Cancelled, just take oh. that out. It, it didn't fit. So it's Cancelled oh. without that other D. Just don't. Just say oh. I know, Sam. Just I'm just... Just, just cease. I know. Just, just shh, shh, shh. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs> it might not be bedtime for them. Don't say good night. Just say bye. God. All right. They can go See to bed whenever they want. That. Yeah, that works. Deuces.